Bonito. Ladies and gentlemen, we are tonight. We are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is the main event of the evening. Please welcome your host for today. Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. Troy is here. Hey, I call them like I see them, all right? And Jeff is... Who the hell is Jeff? Um, well, so, I'm so glad I get to talk about Cox. I'm really happy. Dicks. Yay. Well, look at it this way. The first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick. You work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks, anyway. I'm touching my own dick. You're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for... The Rundown. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is episode 376 of the Rundown Wrestling Podcasts. Pop open your lube, take your dicks out, take your pussies out, because we are an intentionally offensive wrestling podcast. And this week, we have a very special main event to the segment we call the Perfect Ten, where ROH's own Brian Malonis will break down ROH Final Battle, which will be coming up this Friday. Well, he breaks so, it down with us, not just by himself. Right, yeah. Yeah, he breaks it down with us. And I am one of your hosts, Troy. That voice that you heard is my ever-co-host, Jason. Yeah, Troy and I got to sit down with the Kingpin, and it was a really cool conversation. Looking forward to sharing it with everybody. Uh, Jeff bitched out and didn't show up, but, you know, he's here tonight. Yeah, hey, Jeff. <laughs> Hi, I have my dick out. <laughs> Good. Good. Don't you always? Don't forget, don't forget that loop. Yeah, I just, you know, I wanted to announce it this time. The only time it's really an issue is when you're parked next to the school. I, just, I think that's about it. Yeah, usually. <sighs> I'm start. Right. Sure, you All know right. about that, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. By the that's, way, Adam uh, hates it. Asians. Let's roll! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, it, you know... Jason having his penis out and being it all lubed up, that's a little something we like to call... The Perfect Ten! A ten! A ten! A fucking ten! Starting off, the Perfect Ten. Somehow, Seth Rollins became the voice of the fans this week. Seth Rollins gave a, you can't see it because it's a podcast, but I'm making quote fingers, shoot promo in which he ran down the current writing the current booking of the revival, and essentially what all the fans have been saying the past three weeks. So, Jason, what did you think of uh, the, well, we're, gonna, we're not going to call it a pipe bomb because fuck CM Pump. Punk, punk, pop, pump, big pop a pump. <laughs> so uh, let's call it the, uh, the, the let's blame everything on Corbin. So I, my interesting take here is that everybody's talking about, oh, this is this is Vince sort of acknowledging how bad it's been lately, and you know he threw all the stuff on there the, into Seth's thing and put it on TV, blah blah blah. I think the element people are forgetting is the Baron Corbin part of this, because to me the way I read this is Seth Rollins is speaking on the behalf of the fans, and Corbin is speaking on behalf of Vince McMahon. So the key point to this whole segment to me was when Seth goes through and he goes through all this shit 
and he runs down everything, and he gets back to Corbin, and Corbin basically says, I don't care what you think. That's Vince telling the fans, I don't care what you think. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it the way I do it. And people, oh, well, it was, it was a much better booked Raw. So, yeah, there were no piss jokes and no Lucha House Party rules, but we still got a shit ton of Corbin. We still, I mean, we got Nia Jax screaming into a microphone. There was a lot of shit here that was still, yeah. I mean, it was better, but it would have to be almost, you know, child molestation on the screen to be worse than it's been the last two weeks. It's been so bad. Um, well, and not to mention the fact that Seth Rollins calls out the booking of the revival. And what did the revival do on this show, by the way? Uh, Dick Squat. That's right. They weren't booked. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, and for the for the record, for anyone interested at home, we announced at the top of the show that we would have a TLC match for the Intercontinental Championship to close the show. Um, remember those? Remember those really horrible, really low-rated Christmas Day shows last year that we had for Raw. Remember those? No. Yeah. No. Okay. I, I drink. I drank too much eggnog and blacked them out. Okay. Uh, this raw had lower ratings than those did. So you know, do with that what you will. Yeah. Um, no, Jason, I completely agree with what you're saying. Um, I think on another level, it also um, they used Baron Corbin as a bit of a scapegoat because I'm pretty sure we know he's not going to win against Braun Strowman and he's not going to be the general manager anymore. So once he's gone, if Ross somehow gets better or they start booking it better, they could be like, oh, yo, it was just Baron Corbin booking the matches. Like, it's some sort of scapegoat. But it, it was very eye-opening to see Baron Corbin literally say, I don't care what you think. I don't care what the fans think. Right. I think that was a big eye-opening mm-hmm. situation. I mean, not that it was surprising, but it was just so blatant. Yeah, and I think the key here is that the the next GM, as long as it's Alexa Bliss and she brings out them titties like she did this week, mm-hmm. uh, I'm okay with her being on the screen as much as Corbin is. Agreed. Oh, did you guys like uh, like the part where he was poking him and calling him a coward? Yeah, that was. That's that's how grown men usually get into disagreements. Yeah, I, I yeah you know yeah I know I know all the time I. I poke people and call them cowards to get them to fight me. Instead of just, if I want to fight somebody, I just fucking punch them in the face as a grown-ass man, but mm-hmm. I should, maybe I should try this this route, call them cowards. Maybe maybe I should call them all fickle. That might work, too. That's another thing. <laughs> there you go. Or, the other thing you could do, challenge them to a rap battle. Well, hold on. Before, I know, before <laughs> we go there, before we go there, allow me to say, however... That I did find the TLC match between Seth and Corbin entertaining. I thought they did enough really cool stuff in there to make it worthwhile. The fucking, I mean, the stuff Seth did was just ridiculous. Like, dude, you got a huge match at a pay-per-view coming up in like five days. Like, <clears throat> let's let's calm it down a tiny bit. Um, but even for Corbin's part, I thought he worked as hard as he's worked in a while. We didn't get the you know twenty-minute chin locks and you know. So hats off to those guys. I thought they did have a, put together a nice little match there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Corbin did look pretty good as far as Corbin goes. Okay. Now, speaking of looking good, a rap battle. (laughs) A rap battle. Because, as you know, in every three months, a rap battle occurs in the WWE. 
the it's more you only know. the second one they've done. <laughs> this is not the only the second rap battle they've done. Really? Uh, well, on SmackDown. They did that they did that fake one with Cena and the cardboard cutouts at WrestleMania. And Bo Dallas took on whatever Florida guy or whatever like that. It's Florida. What it's, his name is Florida. Right. <laughs> so so the New Day decked out in suits because they're the New Day. Uh decided to lead a rap battle between the Usos, who he, who admitted that they lost the last rap battle they were in, and the bar who can't speak English. Hold on, hold, so, on, hold on, hold on a second. Hold on. Did I just see what I think I just saw? What? Uh, I'm watching the fucking sheet here, and oh, Adam, an there. Adam just logged in to the fucking sheet. Oh, I see him. I see that. I see the little eye up there. Uh-huh. Anyways, uh-huh. thanks for... There he goes. Thanks, thanks, Adam, for interrupting. He was probably checking to see if we changed his picks we didn't. Uh, so yeah, so um, the the bar because they're a comedy tag team. Uh, we're dressed in uh, doofy hats and workout track suits because they're Russian. And uh, they were they were doing Run DMC. How white uh, are they, you, Jesus Christ? They were doing it badly. Uh, they proceeded to rap to Ice Ice Baby, I guess. It's Ice Ice Shamey. Uh, yeah, that's stupid. Uh, they had one good line, I think, and that was about it. Uh, then, of course, the Usos, who actually do have talent, got on the mic and did a better job. Um, obviously, what? They were intentionally bad. They were attempting <laughs> to be bad. That was the point of the entire fucking yes, thing. I, yes, I understand the point of the whole thing. I thought it was great. I Honestly, I thought Seamus was the star of the oh. whole segment. I thought he was tremendous. The the fact that Sheamus and Cesaro are so willing to be self-deprecating, I really enjoyed. Uh, they knew they were going to go out there and look like idiots, and they not only fucking did it, but they owned it like a boss. They fucking killed it. Uh, and the Usos were great. When you get to the part where... <laughs> uh, that's, that's going right back. I wouldn't change it, Adam, because it's going right the fuck back. Um, you, you, you're too fucking busy on date night to be on the fucking show. Get off the rundown sheet, Adam. Jesus Christ. We're trying to record here. We're just going to change it back the second you're done typing. <laughs> what? Nothing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we are six minutes jokes. into this episode, and we are already off the rails. <clears throat> that, that's actually take, that usually takes... Less time than that. Um, so, anyway, I thought the Usos killed it, particularly when they get to the line of, like, how do you knock out Seamus's teeth, uh, Cesaro's teeth without your fist? Allow me to introduce Mr. Turnbuckle. Yeah, and then, that was good. Um, and, then, and then proceeded to rap as if they were the Turnbuckle. Yes. That was fucking great. Yeah. I, thought they, I thought it was awesome. I enjoyed, um, we've already beat the Ninja Turtles, now let's beat Bebop and Rocksteady. Uh, which I thought was <laughs> a good a good line considering obviously you know they even called Seamus uh, um, Mr. Hollywood. Jeff, what did you what were your thoughts on? Uh, I gotta be honest with you, I, I watched this one back um, on YouTube because I was watching it uh, watching it live, and then when they said they were gonna do a rap battle, I I went to go take a piss, um, and. I was actually kind of not surprised. Uh, 
I just didn't I, run DMC. I mean, God, the, the run DMC thing. We're, that just shows you how old the jokes are. Why They're, was it funny? Remotely funny that they were dressed like that, though. Yes, that's the whole. It was ironic. They were supposed to be completely out of touch white dudes. That's their frame of reference for rap. That was what the point of the joke was. Yeah. By the way, nobody's touched on the fact that the New Day came out and says, I guess, so we're the judges for this contest for obvious reasons. That's fucking great, too. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Now, I, 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 I don't care for these segments i mean they're they're better than the dance battles i can tell you that way better than the dance battles but this is just not my type of uh not my type of segment by the way did you notice when cesaro at the end they yelled at the camera and he says we are the bar it sounded like he said we are your bar i think Uh, it's because he has the fucking mouthpiece in his mouth yeah oh and by the way fucking matching mic drops into the bar symbol it was fucking great come on that i enjoyed um, I also enjoyed afterwards, of course, when they beat the shit out of everybody. So, yeah, this, yeah, that was probably my favorite part. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Jeff's too white to have appreciated that segment. Have you seen me? <laughs> I am very white. <laughs> no, I thought it was I thought it was fun and entertaining. Like sometimes we have to like look. I'm all for shitting on stuff when it deserves to be shit on. Man, I was proud of that one. God damn it! Yeah. All right, whatever. <laughs> That's better. No, it's not. Yes, it's funnier. No, it's not. <laughs> it is not. All right, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Fucking. We'll tell you what. We'll we'll read them both, and we'll let the fans that are run down vote as to which one they appreciated more. All right, All right. I, I will do that. Anyway, I I think we as wrestling fans have to stop taking ourselves so fucking seriously and be able to enjoy a segment that's meant to be stupid and funny. And, like, we're, we're sitting here, and, and you guys are picking apart, like, something that was never meant to be taken seriously. It was supposed to be fucking completely over-the-top ridiculous. I felt like we gave it credit. We, we I admitted wow. that there was funny parts to it. Jeff didn't. I didn't. Well, Jeff didn't. <laughs> I, didn't. I was too busy peeing. Okay. Well, speaking of piss. Did you find Bobby Roode <laughs> Yeah. Um, the uh, the authors of Piss had to defend their, their tag team belts <laughs> uh, against uh, against two dudes on a porn set waiting for their turn, as Chad Gable and <laughs> and Bobby Roode uh, took them on and took their belts. So that's right. Hashtag fuck the revival. But give Chad Gable and Bobby Roode the championship belts. Well, hashtag fuck AOP too. Um, yeah. The the illustrious tag title reign of AOP, I believe, ends with a loss to these guys in a non-title match, a loss in a singles match, a defeat in a three-on-one t- match, and losing the tag titles. I think that's been the story of AOP's tag title reign so far, um, or to the to that point. So I get what the idea was. The idea here is we make it. The trip we put all three members, oh well, both members of Authors of Pain and um, Spud there, Rockstar Drake Maverick into the match, and we'll let Drake Maverick take the loss. Now all of a sudden AOP still stays strong because they didn't lose. Well, 
No, you fucking took the titles off of them. Like that, the titles mean something to the perception and the fans. I understand that they're a prop to the company. I get that, but it's a prop that means something to the fans. And to take the titles off of them in that scenario that quickly. And by the way, before we even go any further into analyzing this, can we break down the complete lack of fucking logic here? Because last week, the heel GM says if Bobby Roode can beat them, they'll get a tag title shot next week. Yeah. Bobby Roode yep. fucking lost. And yep. some reason the heel GM decided to give him the title match anyway? Yeah, that was fucking I had that in my notes. That's the fucking stupidest thing. I well as soon as I saw this was announced, I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. Why did they get it anyway? That doesn't it made no sense whatsoever. No. None at all. Anyway, fucking Tinkle King is he, Drake Maverick is just way too deep in this. He does not need to be involved in the matches. He's too deep in the feud. He does not be. <clears throat> yeah. If you have the distractions, okay, that's one thing. But when you have him in the match, it's so fucking. It's just a silly way for Rudin Gable to win the titles. It doesn't make them look strong. No. It doesn't make AOP look strong. It makes them look like re- retards for. Why would they? Why were they literally just? They were tagging Drake in to get the glory of pinning, like. He had well because that's what they had done the week before. I I get it, but it was like he was like tag me in. He was like ordering them around like like he has some sort of power over them. Like I don't. Since when was that the thing? Well, this is probably done by design to sort of split him off from the group. This is probably them saying it's not working. Let's because now obviously AOP is going to be pissed at him and blame him for their loss. Yeah. So here here is the um, legendary. 35-day reign of AOP. <laughs> they, they they win the tag titles off Seth Rollins. Okay? Yeah, didn't even beat an actual team, beat a single guy. Right. And struggled right. to do it. Right. They then were not booked to the next week. Yep. Then they were on Survivor Series in a non-title match where they defeated the bar. Then they were on Raw where Bobby Roode and Chad Gable defeated them in a non-title match. The next week, AOP defeated Bobby Roode and Chad Gable in a title match. The week after that, AOP and Drake Maverick defeated Bobby Roode and Chad Gable in a handicap match. And then on Monday, they lost the championships. Yeah. So fucking okay, solid run. So that so that day there, that's the and, entirety and of their run. Let's be clear: their victory at Survivor Series was the result of piss. Their victory mm-hmm. over Roode and Gable was the result of piss. Right. <laughs> so but even they, with, they were he, over in matches not decided by piss. <laughs> Just yeah. Also, also, why did Bobby Roode and Chad Gable get a title shot again? We just had this discussion. <laughs> were you listening? Yeah. To, are you listening to the show? I am listening to the show, uh, so I'm asking why the fuck they already lost. And again, like, so. AOP won the title in a two-on-one handicap match, lost the titles in a three-on-two handicap match. Tag teams matter, people. Yeah. Anyways. Well, to people speaking other of thing, than Vince. Yeah, speaking of things that suck, Nia Jax. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so Nia was given the mic, and everyone turned off their TVs. Yeah, Raw at this point was actually watchable. It, was, it wasn't bad, and then Nia came out. And I don't know who in the back went, you know what's really going to get Nia over? If she randomly screams in the middle of all of her promos, that'll fucking do it. 
Well, I think people are falling asleep as she's talking, so she wakes them up. Oh, my God. It was awful. To their credit, I liked that they had Rhonda come out and say, I'm not here to strike a pose. I'm here to fight. And that was it. That's all she said. And she went down to the ring. Then Ember Moon came out, and we had Ember Moon and Tamina, and these two did absolutely nothing to stand out. It was it was the Ember Moon is an exciting, capable, talented, innovative performer, and you put her in there with Tamina, and it just sucked all the energy and life and creativity out of the match. It was boring. It was dull. It was paint by numbers. Nothing special. Waste of time. Neither one looked good. Um, uh, yeah, they got nothing out of it. Yeah, I. I mean, all she's terrible. Nia Jax is just terrible. Oh, did you know she's 300 pounds? Apparently, she yeah. said she was 300 pounds. That's hmm, that's interesting. I, I don't think they ever actually announced her weight. Oh no, like they've that. done it before. We've commented oh, on it on the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Fucking rhinoceros. I don't know why they would announce her weight when she wasn't in a match. Yeah. Well, I thought <laughs> it was. Fu- I thought it was funny how Ronda just pulled her off the apron like it was nothing, though. How the fuck Welcome. did she do that? Welcome to Monday Night Raw. I am Michael Cole. I'm joined by uh, Renee Young, 132 pounds. And we don't fucking do that. They're not in a match. You don't need to know their weight. Yeah, yeah. Um, By the way, I'm probably way overestimating on Renee. I apologize. But she got some boobs, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's in shape. She's a good-looking gal. Um, It's old man talking again. (laughs) (laughs) Why did this gimmick return? (laughs) <laughs> um, I, I just can't. That's I can't a, stand that's a Nia nice Jax. Tomato. <laughs> <laughs> look at look at the stems on that one. Oh gosh, she's got um, dumb gazangas. <laughs> I wonder if she got a porch to go with that swing. <laughs> oh. Interesting. Okay. Lost lost my train of thought here. Not that I had anything poignant to say anyway. Um, I'd like to I'd like to take her and put her in front of the the stove where she belongs and then beat her. Oh, <laughs> too too far back. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yep. I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave it there. <laughs> Imagine if you're one of the people listening to this for the first time because we have a guest. <laughs> and this is the level of discourse we're bringing this episode. I just I just hope that uh, that enough kids watch. <laughs> listen to this so that way we can have enough little kids go up to their mom and go why is the man talking about beating women what's wrong with him mama i don't know why he's british uh moving from the fucking 1930s mama (laughs) the funny part is we're one of the in terms of like women's wrestling or whatever we're one of the more progressive podcasts but we're gonna end up on a me too list just because of this conversation watch (laughs) mine too too. yes Speaking of cuts, uh, Ruby cuts a very good promo uh, for the first time ever, maybe. She's been getting better. Jeff, uh, explain to the fans again what you don't like about Ruby Riot. Uh, She looks like a character from Bob's Burgers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, I think think this was a fantastic promo. Um, I didn't care, uh, care too much for Natalia's part in it. Uh, and then you get her fucking typical crying face, which you could swap bodies with Charlotte, and it's th- literally the same face when they cry. Um, <laughs> ugly cry. Yeah, it's terrible. It's real bad. I, I just, and I, I love how she brought up the screw job and how she had to overcome that to get her job. Oh God, that was so so bad. Yeah. Um, 
but that, that's all Vince because Vince can't fucking mention the screw job enough for like I, I feel like he jacks off every time he mentions it seriously because it just goes in where it has no business going. I assume that uh, that when when Linda um, cracks open them thighs and all the bats come flying out, <laughs> that he has to put on the screw job job in the background in order for him to get hard. <laughs> uh, so you're saying, Jeff? <laughs> um, uh, it's too bad they didn't bring up her whole pussy fart gimmick and how she had to overcome that. Um, but the Ruby farts. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I just I love the the whole character and and the way she cut her promo. It was ruthless. It was a deep cutting promo, and uh, how she was mocking her uh, with that kind of high pitched voice. She has a really good high pitched voice for mocking people. I think that was a clear thing there. She's really good with that. I usually hate when people do that, but uh, she did it really well here. Yeah. And then to re- to the, to show the table with uh, you know Nightheart on there, that was fine. Yeah, no, she she cut a really good Mean Girl promo, and it's like the first time I've really seen her be given that much mic time to sort of progress a story, and after her promo was the first time I've really given a shit about this story. So she, what she did on the microphone on Monday, it made me actually care a little bit about this match that's coming up on Sunday. Yeah, the only way it works is if Ruby wins, which I doubt is going to happen. No, probably not. Um, the other thing was, uh, I, I totally agree with it. Ruby when she says uh, that Natalia is an embarrassment to the Hart family because she can't even put the sharpshooter on right. <laughs> the only thing Ruby's missing is some big feet. Never mind. Um, go, Troy. Oh, you- uh, <laughs> I mean, I... I think we're done. Um, not with the show, not yet, at least. <laughs> but uh, at least with with uh, with that promo, because I cannot talk about Montalia without calling her a cunt, and I don't really want to say cunt this episode. So I'm going to refrain from calling Natalia a cunt as much as cuntingly possible. He can't. Cunt. He can't bring himself <clears throat> to say it. I can't. I just can't bring myself to say the word cunt. Um, <laughs> So over on the, on the SmackDown side of things, we got a, kind of a pleasant surprise because uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, the the vengeful vegan he is, uh, came out and, and ran down a promo, and we found out that he was going to be facing off against Mufasa Ali. And <laughs> so this match I was pretty hyped for. Um, I'm sure Jeff uh, was happy to see one of his boys on the show. Was I was yeah. excited? Is that like yeah. Dalton Castle's boys? Exactly. Uh, the only issue, of course, was that you needed to have a magnifying glass to watch this match because the majority of it took place in a little box while commercials went on. Oh my God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so first off, they advertised the match at the top of the show. Like, if you're gonna have Brian out there cutting a promo and have Mustafa Ali interrupt him and lead to a match, don't fucking advertise it. Let it be a surprise. Um, I was excited though as soon as I saw it. I thought it was going to be a great match. Um, I was, like I said, I think I was the one that said a couple weeks ago when they did the open challenge with Seth, like, let's get some 205 Live guys out there. Let's put them in the ring with, with Seth and legitimize them a little bit and give them a little bit of a rub. And that's what they did here. So clearly, again, Shane listening to the rundown. Um, when did the Cruiserweight stop being exclusive to Raw? Because. Well, if you uh, ask Sal, they were never exclusive to, to Raw, apparently. Well, that's not true, because before Drake Maverick, Kurt Angle was their GM. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah, they were exclusive to Raw. They've never been on, on SmackDown before. And then all of a sudden, I don't know, where it was like, oh, here's Mufasa. Yeah. Enjoy. Hopefully he doesn't uh, get taken down to the Pride Lands. Well, and, uh, and can I just ask a question? Is there a bigger waste of a move than a top rope fucking Spanish fly during a commercial break? That's, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, The majority of this match was ruined by, by it being during the commercials. And I didn't understand it. Like... They can plan out this shit better to make sure that you actually get to watch the action. So I don't know what the fuck they were doing. <clears throat> uh, also, so it's sort of like if you're watching a porno and you get all the dialogue full screen, and then when they start mm-hmm. fucking, they go to small screen and run commercials. Perfect example. <laughs> Perfect example. Um, so, so yeah. So Jeff, you'll have to kind of fill us in. Did. Is is Mufasa still going to be in the title match? Because we obviously had the 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 heel breaker or whatever the fuck he calls it that he put him into the heel hook. Uh, the heel hook, yeah. Um, and it seemed like they might have might have potentially ran an injury angle here. Is he still uh, going to be in the match or no? Um, which match? As f- as far as I knew, it was going to be uh, Cedric Alexander and Buddy Murphy in a match. Yep. Um, I didn't think Mustafa Ali was involved in it. He wasn't. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, the thing uh, the thing I'm excited about, I was excited about, is to actually see the, the 205 Live guys on TV, on, you know, SmackDown. It was great, especially against Daniel Bryan. I mean, that's just that's just great. Um, the issue was it, it kind of showed how <sighs> generic his character is with that promo. The promo was very generic, uh, in my opinion. And uh, it's Brian's much... promo? No, Mustafa Ali. Oh, promo. okay. <laughs> um, fickle. Um, <laughs> but... I love Daniel. Oh yeah, no, no. It's Daniel Bryan's promo. I mean, he destroyed Ali in the promo, and then he slapped him in the face. So um, it was but a great he's match. The heel. He's I... supposed to do that. Oh yeah. No, I'm, I'm not saying that's not what he's supposed to do. No, I, I didn't think Mustafa came off particularly bad in this. Exchange. It was that's just like, generic. Like I, I feel like that. That's if you had, um, if you gave a mic to a a jobber guy, this is something that he would kind of say. We looked up to you going forward, and what happened to you? And you know, it was. I don't know. I thought it was generic. Oh, that didn't bother me that much. I think it's just because I've seen him over the weeks giving promos backstage, and they were just like this, literally well, just like this. And if you watch like his YouTube page, he puts up promos that are really good, like that he shoots himself, and it's like, so so this is what the guy can do on his own, and then you give this fucking script where he's not being true to himself anymore, and it comes out looking shitty. Right, right. Um but, I mean, from what I saw of this match, you know, being that most of it was in the corner, it was a good match. It was really good. Um, I think Ali's best sell best sell job he's got is when he gets thrown into the ring post. It always looks like a mil- like he gets destroyed when he hits that ring post. He just throws his... He doesn't even look like he puts his hands up. That's how good it looks. Um, but the match was good, and, and Brian won as he should, but Mustafa Ali got his shit in. And he got his shit pushed in. <clears throat> yeah, that's what I meant. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we had that uh, that big match, and then of course we had speaking of piss. Uh, speaking of piss, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had a warm up match for your next SmackDown Tag Team Champions as the Miz and Shino Mac took on local talent, um, and of course 
they won. AKA they the, are your, AKA the segment ahead. we bumped Mandy Rose and Naomi, which we had already advertised and pumped on social media for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which of course meant that Jason couldn't pump his social media. I, I um, anytime I do not, I, you pull Mandy Rose off of a fucking card, I'm gonna be pissed. It's just gonna happen. Strange. Yeah. He goes from a perfect ten to a limp eight. <laughs> he's you know he's he's like me. He's a grower, not a shower. Um, <laughs> Dude, if I'm a limp eight, I'm definitely a shower too. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Um, all right, well, I guess that's all we had to say. No, I don't okay. think It was, yeah, go ahead. I mean, it was, there's not a whole lot to say about it. Shane did some horrible fucking punches again. Ugh. He's added some shitty kicks to the repertoire. Uh, we did a triangle where the person tapped out with the arm that's in the triangle, which I've never seen in all my years of watching MMA. Pretty sure it's that freehand you're supposed to use to tap out in a triangle. Um... Paige got mad because apparently Miz put the whole thing together. Miz had a you complete me moment backstage with Shane. Like, where the fuck is this angle going? Are we supposed to, the to tag like, team championships? Are we supposed to pop for the big moment when Shane accepts the Miz as his tag team partner? Like, what the fuck? Nobody gives a shit about this. You've taken the Miz, who is as a hot a fucking heel as you had, and put him in a storyline and an angle that doesn't fucking matter. Yep. If anything, this proves Shane was still the best in the world. That's true. He's still winning. God, this is fucking bad. Well, I think I love the part where he goes, uh, "Was it Corey Graves?" Goes, "All right, the Phil Nurse strike." Like, if I, you're Phil Nurse and you're watching those punches, do you want to be associated with those things? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're fucking horrible. I mean. They- Better that than the Kareem Hunt punches, I guess. Um, Speaking of of kicking people, uh, Team Kick sadly won't be doing much of that anymore uh, because we learned that Dakota Kai took a uh, non-contact injury to her knee and seems as if she may have torn her ACL. Now, of course, this is coming off of the heels of her Team Kick partner, Tegan Knox, blowing her knee to Kingdom Come uh, by trying to do a suicide dive. Her, her other and making knee. Her other knee, yep. Um, so now, yeah, so both members are having uh, some knee injuries. This sucks. It's what a good it teammate just... does, let's be honest. It's true. <laughs> you don't want to wasn't, feel wasn't bad. A, wasn't it the revival that did that at one point in time where they said we're such a great or no it was the young bucks said we're 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 such a great team we coordinate our injuries together yeah 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 it just sucks um dakota kai was involved in that uh storyline on nxt so that's you know that won't happen anymore and and she's really been getting a lot of credit um a lot of run on nxt uk too yeah yeah she's been pretty busy and uh now she's not gonna be busy at all She'll be busy rehabbing. Yeah, no, and and honestly, she's her profile has really risen of late. Her her interactions with Shayna Baszler, um, it looked like she was they were setting up for sort of a stable feud with the I forget what they're calling them now. They they've got sort of a name for them down in NXT, uh, Baszler, Shafir, and Jessamyn Duke. Uh, but they were setting up sort of a, a triple a, a six person tag with with her and Io and Kyrie against those three. So. That's a high-profile situation, too, for her, and, and sucks that she's going to miss out on all that stuff. Yeah. 
Very much so. Another uh, another person who you know just starting to heat up, and um, you know injuries are are kind of hampering her. And obviously with T- with Tegan Knox, she's gone through twice now, where you know she starts to get a lot of eyes on her, then has to go down with injury. I actually stumbled across like the vi- obviously it's old, but the video of Tegan Knox backstage like right after the injury happened and Triple H comes over and he's talking to her and all she says is, I'm so sorry. And it's like, fucking heartbreaking, dude. Like, yes. you got nothing to be sorry for, girl. You you tried to fucking battle through that thing. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, that whole segment was just heartbreaking. And I'm sort of glad that yeah. if, if the silver lining to the Dakota Kai thing is that it happened on a house show and we didn't have to, like, watch it and see the same sort of thing because... Yeah, um, it, it's just we didn't it's we, to watch. we didn't get video of her saying I can't do it anymore. We right. didn't get that. So yeah, God damn that Tegan Knox thing was just ah. Ugh. Yeah. If it, if it was Vince coming up to her backstage, I blew both my quads out and finished this segment. God damn it, sitting, pussy. sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> See and like and and again, Triple H is the kind of guy that you you do actually feel bad if you have to yeah. stop a match because you're like, oh, that's right. You're the dude who blew out his quad and finished a match, and who just blew out his fucking pack and, and finished a match too. Right. So blew out your quad um, and finished a match twice. Twice, yeah. So, so there's that. Uh, but you but know, but that is that is definite confirmation that the lion tamer hurts more when performed on the table than it does in the ring. That's true. So that's true. <laughs> it hurt. It it does hurt a lot when you have torn your quad. Yes. Uh, <laughs> So we go from uh, from some heartbreaking news to a rematch of a mistake, because Asuka got her chance to get a, a little heat back on her, uh, taking on the person who ended her her uh, undefeated streak in Charlotte. And of course, this match ended in DQ. So so much yeah. for Asuka getting any kind of <laughs> of rub by well, getting her win back. Okay, she so. Got a little bit. Yeah, first off, going into the TLC match, you, you really don't want any of these girls losing a match going into that. So I, I didn't expect a winner here. Uh, but I did think Asuka was the one. Asuka left both Charlotte and Becky Lay. I think she was the mm. one that came out of this looking strongest out of all of them. Um, the match was really good. I enjoyed it. I thought they, the girls worked their asses off. I thought I, I was very happy they had Becky just sitting at ringside and not actually doing commentary. I think that would have... I think it added a little extra element to it that she was silent and just watching the whole time, mm-hmm. um, scouting and stalking, as it were. Um, I didn't think this. The only issue I really have with this is that we're now starting to formulate this storyline where Charlotte can't actually beat anybody, so she just pulls out foreign objects to get herself disqualified. Um, Specifically, a kendo stick. Yeah, so I, I, I sort of worry about venturing too far down that path. Because, yes, she's supposed to be a heel now, and heels are supposed to cheat, and I get that, but they're supposed to cheat to try to win, not cheat to save themselves from getting their asses kicked. Well, like, first off, if you're not going to have any um, Extreme Rules matches scheduled, why are you storing kendo sticks underneath the ring? Well, you <laughs> Just, know what you're going to need a kendo stick. Well... I don't. I mean, I think that there's more practical ways to. All right, look, you know. at Troy. We're coming up on a pay-per-view Saturday where we have a match where you can use a really heavy, dangerous fucking ladder to climb it to get a guitar, which is a less dangerous weapon. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Um, yeah. So 
the highlight of this match, obviously, for me, was uh, Asuka German suplexing Charlotte's tits onto her face and almost killing her. Um, well, that's, then, that's a lot of weight on your face. That is a lot of weight on your face. Um, she hasn't she hasn't taken abuse to the face like that since the last time she was with Bram. Oh, so. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, God. And she almost burst a titty when Asuka was doing those yes kicks. Oh yeah, yeah. She's she's no stranger to bursting titties. <laughs> yeah, I thought the kendo stick like fucking mayhem at the end of the match was. I mean, these girls beat the shit out of each other with the fucking kendo stick. Uh, specifically, Becky Lynch was. I don't know why why Charlotte when she throws the kendo stick she like head bangs with it too. Do you notice that? It looks really stupid. But uh, Becky Lynch and Asuka with their kendo stick shots look they looked brutal. Like they were really laying them in. And uh, Asuka standing tall keeps her strong, and when she takes the pin on Sunday, it'll make it look make it's it make it look. Take the, a pin. They're climbing a ladder and getting the belt off. When she sure. doesn't win the match, she. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, stay tuned to predictions. Oh. <laughs> stay tuned, everyone. Dude, you could buy a kendo stick for only thirty bucks. <laughs> that. That's okay. Five swings, it'll break. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying. It's nice looking kennel stick too. For some reason, there's a picture of uh, uh, Chris Helmsworth on this picture of this one too. So I don't know if like he endorses it or what. <laughs> Anyways, oh, we're talking about a show. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was nice yet again to see the women main event a show. Um, and this obviously has been the hottest feud on on SmackDown and potentially in the company right now as well. So. Uh, it, by all means, they should they should you know be the final match of TLC, which is of course why the final match will be Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin. Oh, I don't know. I could see this one closing it out. I'm just I'm just being pessimistic. <laughs> it should by there there should be no other match closing the show than this match. Probably tell me not. tell me tell me one match that has a better build and and uh, and and is hotter right now that should close the show. R-Truth and Carmella. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> the only thing I could make a case for would be Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles, and that's it. I mean, I wish I could say it about Seth and Dean, but they've sort of screwed the pooch on that one, so... See, and and I think that that match still has the potential to steal the show, right. but yeah, for sure, the build to it has been god-awful. It's, the heat's not there as like it was. I mean, the night Dean turned, the, you could have had that match, and it would have been the hottest fucking match on the card, and they've subsequently you know, poured water all over all that heat. Right. Everyone talks about, you know, that they want to see, you know, John Moxley version of Dean Ambrose. We're never going to get it. What I want to see is the Dean Ambrose version of Dean Ambrose. His original S.H.I.E.L.D. run, he was awesome. He was an awesome heel. I want to see him come out in the gas mask and just embrace the Titty Master character. (laughs) (laughs) You were born into titties. I was born. Uh, I didn't experience a titty till I got to Renee. You think the titties are your ally. (laughs) I was born in the titties. Only when I have mastered the titties do you have my permission to suck. Uh, (laughs) I would like to just see him come out with dad jeans and fully embrace his uncle persona. No, he, he needs to have a mustache 
a a white beater, which he already does, <clears throat> and he needs to bring in like uh, a Nerf football under one arm, a, pa- a six pack of Bud in the other hand. He needs to put on uh, like forty pounds for that too. That's true. Um, and he needs to drive up to the ring in a beat up uh, like El Camino with a box of porn in the back that he's going to throw into the woods later. And in the crowd. then he then he can he can truly be crazy Uncle Dean. <clears throat> Uncomfortably short shorts with a fucking with, <laughs> with, with a nut grill, sack hanging out <laughs> with a grill apron on and a fucking spatula hanging off. Yeah. <laughs> well. <clears throat> <laughs> Yeah. It's a great conversation he, to segue into our main event. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, what we need is for Jeff to do his best Brian Malonis impression right now. I'll, I'll as, we talk, as we talk about Ring of Honor Final Battle. Yeah, we uh, Troy and I were fortunate enough to get the Kingpin to sit down with us for uh, we went for almost an hour, so you're gonna we're gonna hear the whole thing in its entirety. So uh, we will be back after this with TLC predictions. So stay tuned all the way to the end, and we'll talk about tables, ladders, chairs, and maybe even stairs after this. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special segment this week and a very special guest. Uh, it is me and Jason here. I know we're cutting into the middle of the show, but um, you do something like that when you have a man of this caliber. ROH's own Brian Malonis is here, the kingpin. What's going on, fellas? Thanks for thanks for having me. Pretty excited. Yeah, it's it's great to have you here, and uh, you know, obviously, you've been a guest on the sit down before, so you're not entirely unfamiliar with the rundown feed. Um, but Troy and I spent so much time crapping on the WWE product. We're, we're branching out. We're trying to cover way more stuff. I've always been a fan of ROH. Um, but when we have this level of a card, final battle, biggest pay-per-view, really, of the Ring of Honor calendar year coming up this weekend, and we have access to one of the stars of Ring of Honor, it seems silly to not do a segment where we sit down with the Kingpin and sort of talk about this card and his impressions and maybe get a couple of predictions from the old Kingpin. Yeah, you know, I think, I think you know, you hit the nail on the head, Jason. It's... There's a lot of people that they they criticize and they and they get very upset with WWE and I'm, and there's a lot of us just sitting here like well there is a lot more wrestling out there if you don't like whether it's WWE or Ring of Honor or Impact or certain independents if you don't like something you don't have to watch it and there's plenty more to watch so um, you know pick and choose what you want and, and above all else just enjoy it. Absolutely. Well, we're going to hopefully enjoy running through this card, and it is a stacked card for Final Battle 2018. So stacked, in fact, that they did not find a spot for the Kingpin and the Bouncers, and I'm still upset about that. But we're going to cover it anyway. <laughs> well, you know, hey, you know, we're, we're going to be in the house, so anything can happen. You never know. You never know. All right, Troy, why don't you kick us off for the first match? All right. Well, let's uh, before we get into the first match, let's go ahead and set the stage here because uh, ROH is heading in to the Hammerstein Ballroom, a legendary uh, uh, venue on the 14th. So coming up right here uh, from New York City for ROH's final battle. It is the 17th final battle in Ring of Honor history. And, yeah, this is going to be a big one. So, obviously, um, you'll be able to find this on pay-per-view. If you are like me and you're an Honor Club member, you are also going to be able to to watch it live. Um, And uh, is there any tickets still available? for the Hammerstein Ballroom or no? 
Um, the the last I had heard, I, they were they were either completely sold out or very very near sold out. Um, you know, I think the only thing might be left now at this point is probably going to be like production tickets released the uh, the day of or the day before type of thing. So, um, yeah, if you're if you're <laughs> if you're listening to this and you want to go see it live, I would uh, I would rush out to the website, but uh, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's not a surprise for an event like this. So um, this is going to be in no particular order, but we're going to start off with a match between Jonathan Gresham and Zack Sabre Jr. Of course, Gresham, uh, coming off a classic Iron Man match with Jay Lethal, declared himself the best technical wrestler in the world. And he issued an open challenge, and who should accept but Zack Sabre Jr., a technical workhorse himself. So this match here is going to be probably a, a technical masterpiece, if I have to say. Yeah, and I, 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 well, I've really developed, ahead, I've really developed a, an aff- affection for Jonathan Gresham, and, and Kingpin, you can speak to this better than I, but some of those matches he's putting on, and really sort of out of nowhere, not a guy that had a ton of indie pub coming out, but now all of a sudden he's really at the top of the ROH card and working some of the biggest names in the business. I've been on the show. I'm not a huge Zack Sabre guy. It just doesn't click for me. But there is certainly no denying what he can do in a ring and the technical wizardry he does. I'm looking forward to this one. Kingpin, how do you see this one shaking out? Yeah, I mean you're you're right you're right on with with Jonathan Gresham. Gresham is is uh, you know aside from aside from being my buddy, so I guess I'm a little bit biased, but um, just uh, just an outstanding wrestler. And I've, I had the benefit of uh, seeing him quite a bit in beyond wrestling as well, um, in addition to Ring of Honor. So I, I mean, um, the couple of years I've known him, I've just seen him put on just some tremendous matches. And that that match with him and Jay Lethal was, the, I think, the best match I've seen live all year for sure. Um, I, I loved sitting. It was funny. We were uh, there was a little area on the stands for us to kind of watch, and I, I watched every second of that match live, and it was uh, it was so good. Um, but this this match, I think, is is they have a really you know with a card like this it's really tough to stand out and be unique but these guys with their skill sets are both so unique and so kind of silky smooth that they're going to be unlike anything else on the card and and I I, I got to tell you I think I think this one could steal the show like I'm I'm not even kidding when I say that like this match could steal the show uh, Friday night. Yeah, I think the only real drawback I see is the fact that Sabre not being there very often makes it a little harder to sort of build that intensity, you know, a little a face-to-face stare down, something like that I think would have added a lot to this build. Um, but obviously sometimes you have limitations like that. I thought the video package was nice that they put together, um, and I am definitely, like I said, looking forward to this. I think it could be, like you said, a show stealer very, very early on in this card. Yeah, for sure. You're going to have bodies flying all over the ring in this one. Um, considering Saber obviously enjoying that uh, that high flying uh, ability of his, but yeah, I think um, b- between the two, I think I'd have to lean towards towards Gresham getting the win here. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you on this. This could very well be match the night. Yeah, I, th- I think it's pretty clear. Ring of Honor's putting some horsepower behind Gresham, and, and I would be sort of surprised, but not entirely shocked. But I, I, if I had to pick one here, I definitely think Gresham's the guy they're going to go with. What do you think, Kingpin? Um, I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. From a standpoint of uh, where where everybody's going and where they've been, um, you know, Gresham seems like the obvious choice. But Zack Saber Jr. has been doing some big things over in New Japan mm-hmm. and uh, is also at the TV tapings on Saturday too. Okay. So, 
uh, you know, I don't know if we're going to be seeing a lot more of, of, of Zack Sabre in, uh, in Ring of Honor. I, I, I certainly hope so. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think you guys are right on. I think you'd have to think that Jonathan Gresham is going to get the better of uh, Sabre here. All right. Well, and if rumors be told, there might be a couple of uh, spots open in the Ring of Honor roster coming up soon. But we'll talk about that in just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we, def- we definitely will. But before that, uh, we've got a big-time match. Matt Taven, leader of the kingdom, uh, taken on former ROH champion Dalton Castle. Uh, Dalton Castle, of course, just recently returned from a couple of entries, the most recent one, a concussion thanks to a concerto attack. Uh, and he is focused on reclaiming the ROH championship. Uh, of course, Matt Taven is the self-proclaimed ROH champion. And uh, this match here, obviously, you've got Taven with uh, TK O'Reilly and Vinny in his corner, but Dalton's got the boys. So at least the numbers are going to be a little bit more even on this one. But, um, yeah, so let's talk about Taven versus Castle. Yeah, and this is one where the Kingpin's uniquely qualified. He spent, like we talked about prior to the show, he's, he's been, in, been in the ring with Taven several times. Um, do you prefer your Ring of Honor championships in black or purple, Kingpin? <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know if Matt. Taven is a listener of your podcast, but that belt is ugly. <laughs> <laughs> and I've I've told him that too. Anyways, <laughs> but, well, you, you but know, it suits him. It, it suits him well. It, it matches the haircut Taven's rocking these days. But you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Taven's my boy, so I won't. I'll be. I'll, I won't. I won't be too harsh on him. But uh, yeah, the you know you know what I'm. A, I, I will. I'm a traditionalist. I'm. A, I'm a very much a uh, classic black strap sort of sort mm-hmm. of guy when it comes to especially the the world championship mm-hmm. yeah absolutely I, I i definitely uh i'm curious to see where they go and that's sort of one of the things that i was uh, they introduced this title with taven and he thought okay now we're now we're going to this program with lethal and they sort of pulled the swerve on you there where now taven's feuding with castle who's the former champion sort of a little bait and switch there which is kind of cool they, they didn't go in the direction they sort of started to, to take you in um, sort of pushing that off, I imagine we're going to get there eventually, but it is kind of a cool way to do that. And I, I tell you what, some people give Dalton a little bit of a hard time as sort of a more of a comedy act than a serious um, wrestler, and some people sort of said his championship reign was was sort of taken down a notch because he's not what you would consider your classic legitimate star and sort of the the type of wrestler Ring of Honor has had at the top of their card. Certainly, when you think of like the Daniel Bryans or the Samoa Joes through the years. Um, but Castle can go in that ring, and I think people don't give him enough credit as an in-ring performer. Um, and Taven, God, you can't since since losing out uh, the other members of the Kingdom, uh, my Matt Ben, uh, <laughs> Mike Bennett, and uh, God, I'm blanking. Who was the Matt other Hardy? One? Was it Matt Hardy? Adam Cole. Adam Cole. That's right. <laughs> Close enough. Um, yeah, but since since they left Ring of Honor and Taven took over and brought in Vinny and TK. He's really taken himself to an entirely different level, which has been awesome to see. Uh, this one, another, and it's funny, we're going to say this, I think, with a lot of these matches. This is another one that could sort of steal the show when you get these two in the ring together. I think if we're looking at it from a, from a pick perspective, i got to say I like Taven in this one just because I think that world title program is looming somewhere down the line with Lethal, and I think this is a great sort of, in terms of elevating the credibility of him as as the quote unquote real world champion, a win over a guy like Dalton Castle, who is a former champion, would be huge for that. So I'm going to pick Taven to win this one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, 
Taven's on fire, man. He's, uh, you know, he's doing big things in Mexico. He's doing big, big things everywhere. I mean, to touch back on Dalton for a second, I don't think people realize like how the like Dalton Castle actually has like an amateur background and and prowess. So that that dude can wrestle. Um, and and, and I just I just think uh, on a different level when it comes to personality and character and just his overall presence. Uh, um, I mean. Who doesn't who doesn't love Dalton Castle? Like I, the, the crowd reaction is always great for him. But yeah, I got I'm going with my boy Taven here. I think I think Taven's on the way up, and um, the dude looks like a rock star. He acts like a rock star, and and and, and I'll go out on the limb and say Matt Taven is a rock star. And um, I, I think I think 2019 is going to be just an enormous year for for Taven. Yeah, for a lot of people, it's a matter of when, not if, he is the legitimate Ring of Honor heavyweight champion. Troy, who do you like on that one? Well, for for me, obviously, the uh, the, the big question mark is going to be Dalton Castle's health. And uh, going up against a guy like Taven, he's a guy who's a little more cerebral and will definitely, if he sees any bit of weakness in Castle, he's going to, to definitely go after it. So to me, yeah, um, obviously, Taven's been very vocal, claiming that Castle came back too quickly from injury and things like that. I just think that Dalton might not be ready for Taven right now. So that's going to move us on to the next match. Uh, and this is, I'm, I'm sort of interested to get your take on this one, Kingpin, because I've, I've been sort of on record. Now, we on the rundown here, we're big, big proponents proponents of women's wrestling. We're, we've been on board with that before it was sort of in vogue to be on board with that. Ring of Honor in the last year or so has, has unveiled their Women of Honor division, and they, they've done that to a great degree of success. Uh, they are going to have a four-way, I believe it's an elimination match, uh, for the Ring of Honor Women's Championship, or the Women of Honor Championship, I should say, with Sumi Siaki defending her title against Madison Rain, Karen Q, and Kelly Klein. Um, what are your thoughts before we get into this particular match on the Women of Honor division and how it's been rolled out so far? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's a, I think it's been a great thing. I think it's an evolving division, um, but but I like the fact that they have started to bring in you know so many different women now to really uh, you know to really bolster that. I mean, even uh, kind of New England mainstay Ashley Vox has started to to find her way uh, there as well. So I, I think it's it's a division that's evolving, but they've definitely invested heavily with it. I know she's hurt now, but Tennille. Uh, you know, Tennille has been there. Uh, they signed Madison Rain, uh, who's going to be there exclusively. Plus, you know, with Sumi and Kelly Klein and Karen Q. And, um, you know, I, th- I think it's a division that's only going to get better, only going to get deeper. And, um, you know, I, I think I think it's. I think it's something that's been fun to watch evolve in the couple of years I've been around Ring of Honor now because it was really only a few girls, you know, a few women when I, you know, first started. And just to see the way they've expanded the division has been great. They're really investing in it, and I think it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, I think my only real criticism was, and as much as I'm a fan of her in-ring work, I don't think I don't know that Sumi has the kind of name recognition with American fans that sort of draws people to a new division. When you think of, like, crowning a new champion and a first-time person, you want someone with that gravitas and that name recognition. I'm not sure Sumi's there yet, at least uh, within notoriety in the United States. Certainly the in-ring performance can't be argued with. Yeah, and I get, I get what you're saying, man. But Sumi, I mean, she's the heart and soul of that division. She's she's the heart and soul of that of that woman's locker room, um, and and really, you know, a really key piece of the locker room as a whole in Ring of Honor. And um, you know, I I, I can't think of a more deserving person um, to be the first kind of flag bearer for that division than Sumi. 
Oh, yeah, you've got you've got a, a 21 year veteran in Sumi. Um, so while the name recognition in America might not be there, she's definitely trying to make a name for herself now because she's been obviously a fighting champion. And this match kind of intrigues me as well because you've got kind of two of sort of the older guard, you know, kind of the the veterans against two fairly younger workers. You know, you've got Sumi and Madison Rain. Uh, and then Karen Q and Kelly Klein are both, you know, rather younger and kind of new to the wrestling business as, as a whole. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, Karen Q is actually at the same tryout, um, you know, seminar that I did with Ring of Honor. So it's uh, it's kind of funny and, and it's been fun to see, um, you know, her, Josh Woods and myself uh, all kind of emerge from that camp and uh, get regular spots with Ring of Honor. But um, and, and, then, and then Kelly has been a mainstay there. She was, you know, she was the kind of the centerpiece of the division for, uh, you know, beginning of my time in Ring of Honor. And, um, you know, Kelly's a badass. Been to Japan a couple times and. Um, you know, Kelly will mix it up, got her teeth busted up and still kept going, you know, a few months back. So Kelly's a badass. She'll, she'll mess, she'll mess you up. And then of course, Madison rain, who, um, I mean, what hasn't she accomplished in pro wrestling? I mean, it's, it's pretty awesome division and match. Yeah, absolutely. So if we're handicapping this one, it's always hard when you talk about a four corner elimination match, especially because anything can happen and, and one elimination can change the whole dynamic of the match. Um, but if I'm if I'm looking at this car, if I'm looking at this match right now on the top of my head, I got to say for me, the favorite in this thing is Kelly Klein. I mean, she's been, like you said, a stalwart in Women of Honor. They've really put some steam behind her in the past. She was undefeated for a very, very long time. Um, for recently losing that that distinction, but I think this might be the moment to sort of put that title around the gatekeeper's waist and let her see where she can go with this division. Yeah, I'm going to go a little bit different. I'm, you know, as much as I love Sumi, uh, I, I think Madison Rain's time is coming in, in Ring of Honor, and I think uh, her time with the Woman of Honor Championship comes Friday night. Nice. Yeah, and, and for me, as as great of a fighting champion Sumi's been. Uh, there's, I mean, all three of these are these women are going to probably target her, and uh, it, it makes it very difficult. The champion doesn't really have an advantage in this match. So, uh, me, I have actually got to side with Jason and say that it's it's Kelly time. Although uh, Kingpin, I think we need to get Davy in there because I want to see Davy versus Kelly Klein. That's a match that needs to happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I talk to Davy all the time, and uh, you know, I I think she'd be great in Ring of Honor. I really do. Yeah, I think she'd fit in really well in that division. So hopefully you can start pulling some strings for her and get her in there. <laughs> With all my clout. <laughs> so, next, so, the, okay. yeah. so the next match we have is uh, two men with very different styles. <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> the ROH Television Championship will be online as champion Jeff Cobb defends against Adam Page. Cobb, of course, is a giant monster of a man who chucks people across the ring and Adam Page is not a small guy by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but he's definitely a hard hitter. But, you know, obviously he's a little bit more uh, on the agile side than Cobb. But, yeah, so Cobb wins wins a championship in his first night in the company. But, of course, Page is looking for it to be his time to be the top guy in ROH. Yeah, so to me coming into this, the thing I find the most interesting, and Kingpin, you could probably attest to this, uh, every time I hear somebody talk about Adam Page, one of the things they say is that this is the next guy. This guy's got all the tools to be the the, the top guy in any company. He's 
per, persona- his personality has really taken off since since sort of joining up with that being the elite uh, webcast, and then they've sort of really helped I think develop his persona. But his in ring is just next level, and I I didn't see it at first, but I he's one of my favorite performers to watch in the entire industry these days. Um, just the stuff he could do. And the other thing is I think people underrate If you watch him on TV, I don't think you really get how big this guy is. And when you see him doing, like, standing shooting stars, it's sort of amazing. Yeah, I mean, his athleticism is, is off the charts. And, um, yeah, I think he's really emerged, um, you know, with, with, the, with the being the elite and being part of that cast. And uh, But take I don't think you can take anything away from Adam Page, though, because I think he stands out on his own uh, as well as as well as well in the group. And, um, I, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think Adam Page could be the top guy in the company he's in from now till the day he retires. His athleticism is off the charts. He looks like a million bucks. He wrestles like a million bucks. Mm-hmm. He just, um, I mean, the dude's a star in every sense of the word. But I tell you, don't sleep on Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb may be the strongest human being i have ever been in the ring with and there, there's an upcoming episode of television where uh your eyes are going to pop out of your head when you see what he does what he does to me <laughs> not, not once but twice <laughs> former former olympian this guy's the real deal there's no joke when it comes to jeff cobb and uh i don't mean to spoil anything but if you're a fan of lucha underground you might recognize jeff cobb um <laughs> he did spend some time under a mask in that company uh, yeah, it, interesting, always curious to see what the thoughts are when a guy comes in, like, first night in the company and, and is sort of given that sort of push right into the top of the car with a championship run kingpin. How does that how does that react in the locker room with some of the other guys who maybe have been there a little bit longer? You, you know, I think a lot of it depends on, on the person that that's coming in and, and what type of person they are and, and how they're reacting and... Um, I, I think I can I can safely speak for a lot of my colleagues there and saying that um, everybody loves Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb is um, as good a person as he is uh, as he is, as he is a pro wrestler. And I don't know if you've seen him a bunch, but Jeff Cobb's a pretty damn good pro wrestler. Oh, yeah. And uh, um, he's a guy who everybody knows how hard he works and knows his his credentials. And yeah, I, I, I mean, if anybody has a problem with it, you. The, you'd have me fooled because um, he has been a he has been a welcome addition to the locker room and 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 just to the product overall as well. Like just a outstanding guy. He's he's another guy who I think is going to be you know maybe a cornerstone of the company going forward. Yeah, that's definitely. Uh, so I guess I can't argue with any of what the Kingpin just said. But I guess if we're going to prediction side. Again, we're going to hold off on sort of the headline story here, but given the events that we're we're going to talk about in a little bit, um, if I'm picking a winner here, I think it's Jeff Cobb. I think he's holding on to that title. I think this is, but I again, and I keep saying this, this is another match that could steal the show, and that's what's so great about this card is you can say that literally about pretty much every match on the show. This is going to bring something a little different. This is sort of like. I guess the biggest equivalent on this show to a Haas fight, you get two big guys in there who are just going to beat the crap out of each other, but they're going to do some stuff that's going to blow your mind, like you said, Kingpin. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you there. I think I think Cobb walks into New York with the title, walks out of New York with the title. Um, Jeff Cobb is, is just scratching the surface in Ring of Honor, and uh, I think this is going to set the table for a, for a really big year for him, and uh, I foresee him being a, you know, a pretty big focal point of the company next year. Yeah, you've heard, you've heard, I've heard comparisons to Samoa Joe, to, to Jeff Cobb, sort of a younger Samoa Joe, and this is definitely the place you want to be if that's the comparison, I guess. <laughs> Troy, who do you got in this one? 
Yeah, this is a this is a match surprisingly without a stipulation, but we can still call it's probably going to be a brutal match. So that's that's telling you something there. Um, but yeah, for sure, I'm thinking that it's it's just not Cobb's time to lose this championship yet. I, I see a longer run in his future, so I'm going Cobb over Page. Right, we found one that we all agree on, so that's awesome. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, and uh, keeping in the tradition of having a clashing of styles, an I Quit match is taking place between Bully Ray and Flip Gordon, two guys that couldn't be any more different in the <laughs> ring. Uh, of course, Bully has taken great offense to the flippy side of wrestling that Gordon represents, and Gordon, of course, is continually trying to prove himself everywhere he goes, not only to the fans, but also to the locker room in general. Uh, so Bully Ray, the uh, the brawler himself, against Flip Gordon, who, just like his namesake, does some flippy stuff. Yeah, and this is another one I think Kingpin can, can give us some great insight on, and I've been fortunate enough uh, to, to see a lot of the very quick rise to prominence of Flip Gordon. I mean, I remember him opening... Uh, the show at UFO Wrestling in Tewksbury was it like three, four years ago? It wasn't that long. Yeah. Uh, he's really, I mean, you talk about guys who have sort of benefited from the new internet age of wrestling where everybody can sort of see everything you do and you rise to national recognition very quickly. Flip is one of those guys that, that you can make the poster boy for that. Um, Bully is sort of like the great foil for Flip in a lot of different ways. Um, it's cool to see Bully using his cachet to sort of help elevate some of these younger guys. And then this program with Flip has definitely been a center point of Ring of Honor television. Uh, he's definitely, I, I'd say, increased awareness of Flip Gordon. I mean, Flip, Flip was over before, but I think the crowd has really gotten behind him through the course of this. And especially when you saw, I, I don't, I'm sure you were probably in the house for the, that uh just brutal assault with the Singapore cane on Ring of Honor TV recently, Kingpin. You there, Kingpin? Yep, can you hear me? Oh, there we go. Okay. There we go. Uh, yeah, it was at the 2300 Arena, uh, where we'll be Saturday, ironically. Um, but yeah, it was it was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. Um, and, and, you know, to see Flip step up like that and uh, you know, take that take that beating, and um, I, I think that's the type of stuff that really earns you a lot of respect, uh, with a willingness to accept and do that, and, and do whatever it takes. So, um, you know, kudos to to Flip, and um, you know, and, and Bully is what it, what his name says he is. He's a bully. You know, I, I think uh, he's a bully in every sense of the word. <laughs> and the, the I quit stipulation, although I, I got a little bit of a beef with Bully because he seems to have uh, stolen one of your, your running run buddies there with uh, Silas Young. So I don't know what the <laughs> status is there. But in any event, uh, the I quit stipulation here is, is going to make this very interesting. These guys can pretty much do anything, go anywhere. Um, and I imagine we're going to see a lot of stuff happen outside the ring, perhaps. Who knows? Maybe they even get to the backstage area. They could go to the parking lot for all we know. Uh, but I think... It's interesting because on paper that type of match stipulation would tend to favor Bully Ray, you would think, the more physical, brutal style. Um, but the way this story plays out, i got to think that the hero in this and at the end of this is going to be Flip Gordon. I think Flip Gordon walks away with the win. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's fascinating. I think it's a really fascinating stipulation, especially with the two participants involved. But uh, uh, you know, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm I'm I have a bias here with the New England boys. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm gonna go flip. Flip's gonna make Bully say I quit. All right. 
Bully, bully, bully is a bully, and he's a coward deep down. And bullies never win at the end, right? That's what we've all learned. <laughs> exactly. You can't. I don't know, come on, in twenty eight in twenty eighteen, can somebody named Bully really win? No, no. <laughs> he can. He can beat your ass with a Singapore cane until you're bloody and <laughs> hamburger meat on your back. But you know, winning overall, probably not. Troy. <laughs> Uh, well, of course, you know, um, a fellow Wisconsinite, Silas Young, I always have to kind of give a little wink over to him. And a uh, little little sad that he's not on the card, but again, stacked card, it's understandable. Um, that's kind of the wild card in this one because, uh, you know, it, the numbers game might have, might take effect here a little bit if Silas starts to get involved in the match. Um, like you said, an I quit match, I feel, favors Bully Ray's style. Um, as as great as Flip is and, and as diehard of a guy is, I got to side with Bully Ray on this one. I think that uh, Flip's going to quit. All right. Interesting to see. And uh, don't don't sell short. Uh, Flip's had some help from Colt Cabana, too, who will be in attendance. So you never know. There you go. <laughs> that is true. Uh, so back, uh, back when before uh, – SoCal Uncensored won the tag belts. It was kind of announced that ROH was going to be moving on from Kaz and Scorpio as well as Christopher Daniels. But SoCal Uncensored wound up wound up winning the ROH tag belts and got new contracts. But that left one guy behind the eight ball, and that was Christopher Daniels. So Christopher Daniels says he has one match left on his ROH contract. And what's he going to do? He's going to take on the villain himself, Marty Skrull. For the chance to get a for for a title opportunity for the ROH championship. Now it wasn't really made clear if this is for Matt Taven's Ring of Honor championship or Jay Lethal's Ring of Honor, so <laughs> we need to clear that up a little bit first. Um, yeah, this is going to be for, first off, and, and Kingpin, I'm sure you can you can speak to this one too. Christopher Daniels might be one of the most underrated guys in the business at this point. I mean, this guy's been one of the top performers in the professional wrestling industry, I don't care what company you're in, for almost a decade and a half, almost two decades at this point. Um, whether you knew you were rooting for Christopher Daniels or he was under a mask or <laughs> going by something else, you were watching Christopher Daniels. Uh, Marty Skrull's an interesting guy for me because I was never really big into the whole villain character, um, but I've definitely sort of warmed up to it as of late. Uh, the last the last year or so, I've really sort of seen more growth in that character. And I, again, I speak to the to being the elite thing. I think it sort of really brought out more personality and made him more um, relatable to people. And I think that's definitely helped him a lot. Uh, this is going to be a very interesting one because we're going to talk later. But Marty is a guy who is under contract, I believe, for at least another year with Ring of Honor. So on paper, you might say, okay, well. You know, with everything else we know is going on, Daniels is the obvious lock here to win. I don't necessarily know that that's true. Um, they've sort of been playing this this next contract thing with Daniels and SoCal Uncensored um, really close to the vest, and, and I'm curious to see if maybe Daniels loses this one and, and we sort of continue that as we get towards the zero hour when that contract expires because it seems almost obvious at this point that Daniels would win this, but I think they might go the other way. Uh, I, I don't know. What do you think, Kingpin? Uh, I mean... I, I think I think I think Marty Skrull's the man. I mean, he's. Uh, um, I mean, the crowd loves him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think maybe behind the Young Bucks only. You know, he he might be the most popular guy on the on the entire roster. And 
Um, no, I think, th- I think, I think, I actually quite, I actually think the opposite. I think, I think Marty's going to walk out of final battle with this one. Um, and, and mind you, as, I, as I'm giving predictions here, I, I really don't have any clue. Like some people yeah. here listening thinking like I'm going to give, I'm giving spoilers or something like that. Like I really have no clue. Like, you know, yeah. so as far as like booking or who's winning matches or anything like that, I find out when, when the fans do at home. There you go. So don't go putting money based on what the Kingpin says. And assume <laughs> yeah. Gonna- yeah. You're you know, probably going to lose a lot. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't don't think that Christopher Daniels or Marty even know who's winning this match today. All right. So. <laughs> and, and if you look at WWE booking, you never know they could change it five minutes before the match. Who knows? True. That's that's the nature of the beast. Uh, so, so for so, so Kingpin's going Marty Skrull here. I'm going to go Marty Skrull as well. Troy, who do you like? I think that the the more interesting pick would be to have marty win it and see where we go with the daniels storyline um then just have daniels win it and kind of all right here well you know what you want it so here's a contract so uh to me i think that that yeah it's good it's got to be marty all right uh and following that up because the storylines are sort of connected mm-hmm. uh if if you've got any small ones when this match goes on p- put them to bed because <laughs> We're going to see Ladder War 7 for the ROH Tag Team Championship between SoCal Uncensored, the Briscoes, and the Young Bucks. Um, of course, SoCal Uncensored, the champions, uh, there was going to be a number one contenders match between the Briscoes and the Young Bucks that uh, ended in a double disqualification. And SoCal Uncensored, not once to back down from a challenge, said bring it on. So it's going to be a three-way dance in a Ladder War, one of the most dangerous matches that ROH has to offer. Which I'm still bitter about because I think this should be a four-way with the bouncers personally, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this thing is going to be, and I went sort of back and forth, uh, what I think is going to close the show between this and, and the Ring of Honor Championship, and I just think Ring of Honor typically likes to close with their heavyweight title, sort of that old-school wrestling mentality, but this could very, I could very easily see them ending the show with this one. Um We've danced around it quite a bit throughout this discussion, but let's let's put all the cards on the table here. Lots of rumor, lots of rumblings that this will be the final Ring of Honor pay-per-view for the Young Bucks, for Adam Page, for Cody. Is rumors of a, a new promotion starting up that they'll be sort of very heavily involved in. Um, Nobody, none of us know. None of us on this show know anyone's contract status or know anything that's going to happen. Of course, these are just rumors that are out there. Um, but we're not going to pretend they're not out there that <laughs> we don't know about them. Uh, so obviously this could be a big emotional night for, for a lot of these guys, especially the Young Bucks, who have really sort of made a big name for themselves as, as independent stars. And perhaps you could make a case have really defined their careers in Ring of Honor between that and New Japan. Uh, certainly a toss-up between those two, but but either way you could go and, and be accurate. This is going to be just an amazing match to watch, I'm expecting. Last time Kazarian and Daniels were in the latter war, I think it was last year with the Hardys. I'm blanking on who else was in the match, but I remember that uh, SoCal Uncensored spent some time in the hospital afterwards. There was some serious cuts. There's a lot of blood. I think Christopher Daniels lost half his blood in that match. Um, So they've got history here. This is going to be brutal, as Troy said. This is going to be ridiculous you're going to see spots and and danger high flying brutality everything you could possibly want to see um for the for those who have been critics of the young bucks in the past myself included uh, they've just 
to me, elevated to a completely different level in the last year and a half. Um, they, without a doubt now, are the, the most entertaining tag team, at least on the planet, other than the bouncers. Um, but to me, I don't even know which way to go in this. Uh, because I, I think that we've sort of done all we can do with the Briscoes as tag team champions. Um, I, you know, I think SoCal and Sensor is on such a roll right now. I'd be, I think it would be a mistake almost to take the titles off of them at this point. But this is going to be a steal the show match, regardless of what happens before or after it. This is, this is probably going to be the match people are going to leave talking about just based on the personalities in it and the, the style of the match. Uh, but, if I'm putting money on it, I'm going with SoCal Uncensored. Yeah, I mean, we've, I mean, you know, talking about the bouncers, we've been in the ring with all three of these teams at, uh, at one how, point or another. In how's, the one, how's the one loss record in those matches? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is the appropriate forum to talk <laughs> about, uh, talk about that, but, uh, uh, I mean, you're talking about three of the best tag teams, uh, in, in the world today. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, uh, yeah, I, You'd be hard. You'd have a hard time convincing me that uh, the Ring of Honor tag division isn't the best tag team division in the world today. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Ring of Honor uh, invests in and pushes tag team wrestling. You know, unlike in any other division uh, in the world. Um, and and these these three teams are at, at the top of the list. But I, I'm there with you. I think I think I think this is the champs' night. I think the champs retain. Uh, SoCal uncensored, and hell, me and Bruiser would love another shot at those fellas too. So uh, we've done battle with all three of them. We've we've uh, you know you know had some couple of knockdown dragouts mm-hmm. with the uh, with the Briscoes. But uh, yeah, you're right, man. I think I think you're right. I think I think it's the champs' night. I think SCU. Uh, walks out of New York with the with the tag title still, and you got you know a team's over when they can come out and completely eviscerate on a promo your hometown and you still cheer <laughs> for them. So that's that's very impressive on the part of SoCal Uncensored. Troy, who do you like on this one? Uh, you know it's it's going to be a good one because the Briscoes are trying to go for their tenth tag team championship reign, uh, but I think it's just too early for uh, SCU to lose those belts. They they just won them back in Philly in October. Uh, I just don't see that that be this being you know only like a sixty day day reign. So I'm going going the champs. Now to, to, they won them back in Philly in October, but I think they won them on TV like three weeks ago. I don't know. It's, it's... <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> the television schedule doesn't always line up with the dirt sheets when it comes to Ring of Honor season. Very true. I mean, I think Ring of Honor has done a really good job lately, though. I've just they they know they know the situation with the mm-hmm. TV program, and they put the results right on the websites these days. The right. night that TV tapings happen, um, and it changes too with the way Ring of Honor presents their product because of Honor Club and the fact that mm-hmm. all of the live events are are streamed. You know, every one of them. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of hard to hide things or try to keep things under wraps in 2018. Right, exactly. Well, so yeah, you've got uh, – it's going to be on Reddit. It's going to be on the dirt sheets. So instead of having people try to go to those sites, have them go to your site and hear the exact results, you know? There you go. Makes, exactly. Makes perfect yeah. sense. Now, we did we did dance around it a little bit. Obviously, Kingpin, you don't know. Like I said, you don't, you're not in vogue with anybody's contract status, so you're just hearing the same speculation we're hearing. But – is there any like sort of talk in the locker room about these guys leaving these sort of centerpieces of the company and how it may affect <laughs> viewership? Because these are some of the most popular acts in the company, no doubt about it. They do bring a lot of eyes to the Ring of Honor product, um, but it also 
creates opportunities for a lot of other people to maybe jump into those spots. Is that is there any discussion or talk or rumor about that stuff going on? No, I mean truthfully, this is the first I, I've heard of any of it. Um, you know, today with you. So, okay. of course, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I, of- I, I listen to the WPAN. I know you avoid the dirt sheet, so I would be entirely believe, I would entirely believe that. No, I mean I think I think our you know the Ring of Honor locker room like the rest of the world you know talks about these things and um you know the here's the way I look at it you know the Ring of Honor has was around um before the elite mm-hmm. uh, it'll be around after the elite if if you believe the rumors you know yeah. the 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 you know the the play goes on the circus goes on the show goes on you know it's uh um the show must go on. It, it, the company is is you know bigger than any one act or any one person. Um, that's not a knock against those guys because because the the last couple of years that they've had is incredible, especially when you factor in all in. Mm-hmm. Um, just absolutely unreal. The the notoriety that they've helped bring to Ring of Honor. Um, they are very much you know a big part of why Ring of Honor sold out uh, Madison Square Garden. Um, you know, if the rumors are true, then hey, all it does is create opportunity for guys like uh, me and the Beer City Bruiser to step up and make sure that the legacy of Ring of Honor continues mm-hmm. and that we continue to to be the best professional wrestling on the planet. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's the other thing I think people don't realize is that all those eyes that the Young Bucks and Cody and all the, those guys bring to Ring of Honor. Those eyes also focus on everyone else in that locker room and up and down that card. It's, it's not like people are showing up at the arena just before that match starts and leaving. They're seeing everybody else. So there's there's a lot of people who have been exposed to different characters and different personalities and different performers because of these guys. But those fans are going to stay with them uh, even after the other guys go and do their own thing. Yeah, and, and I mean, I don't know, man. Wrestling's a crazy thing, and there's lots of things that have happened in 2018 that you would have never thought in a million years. I mean, do you ever think you'd see Chris Jericho wrestling anything other than a, a you know, a WWE ring, nope. you know, type thing? So, um, and I never thought I'd see happen. ghost penises on a wrestling pay per view. <laughs> That's true. So, I mean. Uh, just because these guys, you know, cause even if some of these rumors are true, does that mean that they are done with Ring of Honor? I, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, and, I mean, to me, the only way they're truly done with Ring of Honor is if they if they go to WWE, mm-hmm. um, you know, which, uh, who knows? But uh, here's what I do know. Ring of, with or without uh, them, and again, this isn't like a statement of defiance or like a knock against them, but with or without them, the beat goes on. We'll all all continue and um ring of honor will still continue to be to again be the best best professional wrestling on the planet and and then to, to that point even you look at a guy like kenny omega who's a huge star he's not a ring of honor regular he shows up every now and then does his spot and gets gets some attention and some eyes on the product and then heads back out to japan so it, there's nothing to say that because they're going and perhaps if you believe the rumors, uh, starting their own company or, or working with somebody else on a new company, there's nothing to say that they can't sort of have a working relationship with Ring of Honor and pop back in, too. That's the beautiful thing about about wrestling in 2018. Yeah, we've talked about that on the show, too. It's just, just other than WWE, because it is, but even so with them a little bit, too, there's just so much cooperation between promotions these days. There really is. It's It's kind of a cool thing to see. Especially you talk about All In. You had so many different promotions and top guys from each promotion represented on that show. That was one of my favorite things about that show. Yeah, because I think everybody realizes that, um, you know, there is enough 
<clears throat> sorry, there's enough, you know, there's enough of the pie to go around for everybody to, um, to be, to be fat and happy as they say. Yeah, absolutely. And the more popular the business is in general, the more money there is to be made for all the boys <laughs> in the locker room. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. And if, if we are talking about, you know, some spots opening up, we've got plenty of talent here that can slide right into it. You know, we already talked about Jeff Cobb, Gresham, you know, Taven obviously is, is the future of ROH, if I would, if I would say it, you know, Flip Gordon, guys like that, you know, it's, it's next man up, honestly. And, uh, this is a company that has existed for a long time and they don't have the same people that they had on their roster five years ago and they're not hurting because of it. So, yeah, there's always the next big thing, too. So, I mean, the, as popular as the Elite is now, it's not to say that, that that popularity lasts for the next three years, and there's not something else that just sort of captures the attention of, of the fan base. So, you know. Yeah, hey, Ring of Honor was, you know, doomed when CM Punk left, and doomed when Daniel Bryan left, and doomed when Samoa Joe left, and doomed when this guy or that guy, or when, you know, when Seth Rollins left, or, you know, take take your pick of whatever guy, Kevin Steen um, El Generico, like they were doomed when, you know, Tommaso Ciampa left and, right. uh, you know, you, I'm listing all these names and yet here's the company, um, you know, doing better than it ever has. So, uh, like I said, if, whether the rumors are true or not, Ring of Honor is going to continue on and, and continue to be, uh, one of the top wrestling companies in the world. Now you did, you did bring up the name of CM Punk, which is a big no, no on this show, but we're going to give you a pass on that one because you're not a regular. <laughs> Don't worry, he'll 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 get it out on the main show. Um, <laughs> and we have one last match to talk about on ROH's final battle. Speaking of putting on great shows, as long as we keep getting uh, getting matches like this, this company is going to be just fine because the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship will be on the line as Jay Lethal defends against Cody. Now, if there's one thing that Jay Lethal has shown when he gets a title around his waist. It's very hard to take that title belt off of him. And, of course, Cody is trying to be a two-time ROH World Heavyweight Champion. This match here, I mean, what what more can you say about it? I, I'm, I'm excited to see this. And, and the thing is, like, I think... I think one of the things that sort of took away from Jay Lethal's second title win was that a lot of people didn't follow the redemption storyline that they were sort of running with Lethal. It's, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, well, he just sort of won the title out of nowhere, but, but that's not true. Um, if you followed it, he was going through all of those big losses he had had recently and sort of redeeming himself from them and, and, and capturing victory and that championship, regaining the championship was the last step on that redemption tour. So there was a much bigger story that they were telling that I think people weren't necessarily paying attention to that was culminated with that win. Uh, and, and Lethal is everything you could want in a top guy. I mean, he's his in-ring is, is second to none. Uh, his persona is there, whether he's just being Jay Lethal, whether he's Black Machismo, whether he's you know being Ric Flair, who knows? The guy can just do it all. He's got personality for days. Uh, he's got charisma. He's got style. He's got, like I said, the in-ring is on point. Um, so, so there's nothing that Jay Lethal doesn't do right when it comes to being a top guy for a company. Uh, and then you look at Cody, and perhaps I, I, I'm going to go on a limb and say the biggest success story to leave WWE, perhaps in history, um, a lot of people looked at this guy leaving and go, what are you doing? we got a brand extension. There's all sorts of opportunities. Where are you walking away from? Uh, and he just went out there and simply made himself the biggest star, perhaps, in, 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 uh, I'm sorry, in uh, American independence. And 
he'll tell you himself he's nowhere near the worker of a, a Kenny Omega. He's not that style of wrestler. He's just a, a great personality. He can go in the ring. He's And there's something just endearing about Cody to, to people, and I don't get whether it's his relationship with Brandy. You know, his dog got one of the biggest pops at All In. People just feel a connection to Cody that you can't sort of manufacture. It, it just sort of happens organically, and I think that was the case with him. Um, but in any event, this is going to be another one of these great matches between these two, and it's certainly not the first time they've had a top spot at a Ring of Honor pay-per-view in the past. That that distinction went to Cody. That was when he, I believe he made his heel turn, actually, was against Lethal. Uh, so this is another sort of full-circle moment for these two. Uh, like I said, we talked about the rumors, and it's hard to, to make a prediction in the face of those rumors without saying that Jay Lethal is going to leave the, the ring with this championship. But, you know, it seems always work out in wrestling that just when you think you've got it figured out, they pull a swerve on you. So if I'm betting money, I'm going to bet on Jay Lethal, but it would not at all shock me to see Cody leave the belt with the belt that night. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Cody as much has said some pretty obvious statements on his on his Twitter. Um, so he's a pretty transparent guy. I think I think that's what uh, endears people to Cody is he, mm-hmm. especially the fans. He's he's super transparent. He's accessible. Um, you know, so I think that 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 in itself is is very accessible to or very appealing to fans. Mm-hmm. But um, Cody has rewritten the book when it comes to guys getting released from WWE. I mean, I think you know, um, you know, I know we've both been around a long time and seen all these guys get released and they come out, they collect their their fee. Uh, and they put on the same match everywhere and do their greatest hits. And Cody wasn't going to be good enough for Cody. Cody, um, you know, got his release and, and was bound and determined to make himself um, the biggest star in the world. Uh, and I, I think he's rewritten the book for guys uh, when they when they leave WWE. Uh, who you know, he's rewritten it as far as. I'm not just going to go out, collect my payday, do my hit my signature spots, and go home. Like he pushed the envelope. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Jay Lethal, I, ca- I can't say enough good things about Jay Lethal. He's the he's the leader of Ring of Honor in the ring. He's the leader of Ring of Honor uh, in the locker room. Um, he's the best professional wrestler in the world, and I say that without an ounce of irony or uh, just he is the best professional wrestler in the world today. Um, and and I think Jay Lethal is going to win this match, uh, not for any other reason other than he's the best, and, and the best is going to win. So now you've been you've been in the locker room and watched both Lethal and Omega, and Omega sort of gets the mantle of being the best wrestler in the world right now. But you'd put Lethal above Omega. Yeah, I think I think in my mind, there's nobody better than Jay Lethal. Okay. That's, that's that's not exactly a hot take, but it's it's up there. <laughs> not, not to the level of your hot takes. No, but no, not it's, at all. it's simmering. It's definitely simmering. <laughs> So I think we both got lethal. Troy, you going with lethal in a clean sweep here? I mean, even if 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 you would tell me today that Cody signed a three year contract with ROH, I'd still go lethal on this. So to to me, rather Cody stays or Cody leaves, I think lethal has that championship for the considerable future here. Yeah, and I mean, you just to, from a storytelling perspective, you look at the guys who are sort of lined up next, whether it's Marty Skrull, whether it's um, um, Matt Haven. You're talking about guys who are sort of the opposite side of the fence from Lethal, so I think that works well with Lethal. With Cody getting the belt, I don't know that those matchups are are, are as ready-made to go. 
so yeah, I think lethal is the obvious choice here. Uh, do you just, Kingpin? I mentioned it earlier. Do you th- what do you think closes the show if you're booking this? Do you close with the heavyweight championship because you place the importance on that title, or do you close with the ladder war for a couple reasons? One, it's going to probably be the match people are going to most remember, and you don't want to put the heavyweight title on after that to sort of be an afterthought. But also, let's forget. Let's not forget. There's going to be a lot of blood in the ring after the ladder war, and maybe you don't want to send the other guys out. I, I think with the, if I, if I if I had to guess, um, knowing how rare ladder wars are in, in Ring of Honor, and thinking about the, what those matches have been in the past, like I'd have to guess that ladder war is gonna is gonna close out final battle. But that's just a that's just a guess on my part. I mean, it's a hell of a double main event, ain't it? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, this whole card would be main events on most shows around the country. That's for sure. And that's- yeah, yeah, and. Um, you know, it's an unbe- it is it's an unbelievable card, and you know we joked around about about me and the Bruiser not being on this one right now, but uh, there's lots of guys you think of the Ring of Honor roster who aren't on this card, and uh, this card is absolutely stacked, and um, you know. Final battles, uh, you know, I don't know. You guys haven't touched upon it yet, but final battles an extra hour this year, so oh, wow. you know it starts at eight. You know, oh, wow. usually Ring of Honor pay per views start at nine. This one starts at eight, so. Yeah. Wow, I'm looking. For, I, I I could tell you, I'm totally looking forward to this one. Now I got to ask you because Kingpin, you're a grizzled veteran. Which, given that you were in the crowd one night when I was ring announcing, makes me feel incredibly old. But <laughs> um, I do have to ask you. You talked about this being at the Hammerstein Ballroom. You look at some of these historic venues that now you, as part of Ring of Honor, are getting to perform in. And of course, the the big golden goose coming up at WrestleMania weekend next year at Madison Square Garden, which you know, fingers crossed, you'll be on that card because you're certainly deserving of it. But what is it like, Lowell Memorial Auditorium? Obviously, with Shawn Michaels lost his smile, another place where you've gotten to perform. What is it like it for you as just a sort of a fan of the business to get to sort of bring yourself and perform in these venues? It's really cool. I mean, it's. I actually had a conversation with somebody about this. About I hope I never become jaded to um, just how cool it is to to be in these venues, especially when you think about something like the Hammerstein Ballroom, and when you think about the you know the history that's taking place in that specific room, and then also the, some of the history that's taking place in that building just upstairs. Um, you know, absolutely incredible. Um, performing in Lowell special because so close to home. But then again, the the wrestling history in the auditorium. Um, I mean, I performed in um, you know the Na- you know I forget the, the exact name the the Nashville building, but it's a it's an arena where they held Starcade for a number of years, and it's yep. where Flair beat Ricky Steamboat and then and then got attacked by Terry Funk. Yep. Um, I, I mean, so to perform in, in some of these venues, and then you talked you talked about it. Uh, um, just to even have the possibility at this point in my uh, my career to to even have an opportunity to potentially wrestle at Madison Square Garden is something I never thought would even be possible. So um, it's unbelievable. Uh, I'm just really grateful, and uh, like I said, hopefully it never becomes old hat. Hopefully it never becomes something that just feels normal because uh, I kind of like the feeling of of getting those butterflies of of what it means to be a wrestling fan first and foremost yeah. that gets to participate in this business and, and perform in those types of venues. Yeah. And I think once you lose those butterflies, the fans can sense it. And that's sort of when you get that, they, they turn on you a little bit when you, when you're not enjoying it as much, it doesn't mean as much to you as it does to them. You know what I mean? So you see, yeah. that, I think a lot, but uh, talking about venues that are a little bit smaller than Madison Square Garden. I know this week on the WPAN you made a big announcement, so if you want to promote it on uh, on here, by all means, go ahead. 
Very, yeah, thanks. So, yeah, for the first time, I've worn a lot of hats in my time in pro wrestling, but promoter uh, was one I never thought I'd wear, and, and, and uh, I guess co-promoter is, is more accurate. I'm teaming up with uh, Liberty States Wrestling um, to, to co-promote a big big event in Derry, New Hampshire, uh, bringing pro wrestling back to New Hampshire in 2019 on Saturday night, March the 30th, uh, in conjunction with the Pinkerton Academy senior class. So uh, really grateful for them to give us the, the, you know, this opportunity opportunity to uh you know help them out and and also bring uh, professional wrestling back to the granite state back to Derry, new hampshire um you know pretty pretty cool to to do it and you know my home state and um you know now what what is my hometown where i raise my kids where my kids go to school um where where i'm part of the community so it's, it's pretty cool to be able to do that and super excited for this one so it's it's, it's march the 30th um, you know, tickets will be on, will be on sale this Friday uh, at noon. Um, so you know, we're looking to make this a big deal and 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 very excited and uh, talent announcements and all that good stuff forthcoming. We got some uh, some talent announced, a lot of local guys, but some surprises uh, yet to be announced. All right. Well, I, I hear the uh, the young bucks might be looking for work after this weekend. So you know. <laughs> Yeah, you think they'll be desperate for work? <laughs> I'm just saying, no, no, no. It doesn't hurt to make a call, right? <laughs> I know, right? I know, right? <laughs> hey, add Christopher Daniels to that as well. If he loses, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And uh, obviously, we, I made reference to it earlier. Uh, you big, uh, big part of the WPAN, the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, a, a podcast that's been super supportive of us, and we certainly appreciate that, and we love to reciprocate it. So if you want to tell our fans who may not be familiar, even though we put your show over at the end of every show, so listen all the way to the end, people. Uh, if you want to tell us a little bit about the uh, WPAN, go right ahead. Yeah, I mean, me and Mike Crockett hosted. Mike is a, is a longtime uh, referee on the Independence, uh, who, who is a guy who – um, tremendously underrated and, and probably should have had a job at some point. He's so he's so good. Agreed, uh, yeah. 100%. You know, he, he really great ref, and um, we we like to think we add a unique perspective. Um, you know, of well, me working in the business and, and Mike had be have been a part of it so long, and all the different hats that we've worn. Uh, so we like to add our little flavor, our little spin, our expertise, if you will, from uh, from you know being around. Uh, the New England Independent Mat Wars, as Mike as Mike likes to say, uh, but that we drop every Monday, um, like clockwork. Uh, every Monday, uh, easiest way we're on all the all the podcast platforms, but easiest way just go to the WPAN.com. You'll find new episodes there every single Monday uh, for your listening enjoyment. Awesome, and uh, I know I think I think I speak Troy. Uh, any any last questions for the Kingpin? Um, you know, you've you've obviously been in a lot of different matches. You've you've faced a lot of different guys. Who on the ROH roster that you haven't faced would be your dream match right now? Ooh, you know, so we've been we've been really I will say we've been really lucky um, so far. The fact that we we've, we've wrestled Cody in the Bucks, we've wrestled the Briscoes a couple of times, we wrestled um, um, SoCal and censored. So, um, I mean. I, Thinking off the top of my head, I mean, Jay Lethal, you know, Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham are a tag team. You know, I'd, I'd love to be in there in one way or shape or form with Jay Lethal. Um, that would just be that would just be incredible. Um, I, I think I think about just for kind of um, selfish reasons, I, I guess, would be the guys I know and I'm familiar with, uh, the Kingdom, um, TK, Vinny, Taven. I've known all these guys for uh, for a long time, and, and Vinny and TK's. Um, 
you know, and Tim Tavens too, Chiefs for that matter. I've been, I've known them their whole careers, and um, you know, that would that would be cool from a uh, just a standpoint of you know coming full circle sort of thing. Um, so those are, I mean, the best, you know, best friends, I think would be a, a really fun team to, to wrestle at some point. Uh, and then I, I, I think at some point we have to take on Bully Ray and Silas Young. Yes. Uh, I mean, I think this match has to happen somewhere, some, somehow. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny. You never know how things turn out. Cause I think back and a guy, I know Kingpin, you know, very well as do I Warbeard Hanson. To me, I think one of the defining moments of his career that really sort of set him nationally as a superstar was just a random one-off match on TV with AJ Styles where they just tore the house down. So you never know. You get that one match with Lethal, things can change in a heartbeat. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's all about what you do with the opportunities. Uh, you know, we'll be in the house. Uh, you know, I don't know what we're doing yet. I know me and Bruiser will be in the house. I know we're going to be wrestling on Friday night. I don't know if it's going to be part of the main card or the pre-show. or, or I don't really know the details yet other than that. I know we're wrestling Friday night, and that's an opportunity to go out um, in a historic building on a big night and, and make a name for ourselves. So um, I think we just need to continue to do what, we, what we've done, and that's, um, capitalize on every, every opportunity we've been given, um, and and you know see where it goes from there. I mean, we got a T-shirt. We're doing meet and greets, so uh, you know uh, we're those we're those big lovable fat guys, I guess that like to drink some beer. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, on a personal note, I'm per- I'm pulling for you guys to get on the pay per view. It's long overdue that the world gets to recognize the talent that the Kingpin brings to the professional wrestling industry. I've been a longtime fan, uh, and it's been really cool to get to see you, you get to this level, and, and nothing but respect and, and hope for the best uh, going forward. Uh, and honestly, I want to say thank you. I can't say enough about you taking the time. There, there are a lot of dudes you meet in the wrestling industry, but I can legitimately say the Kingpin is one of the nicest guys I've dealt with, and, and I appreciate you coming on here, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me. It's uh, it's always fun, uh, especially when you know when I get to do it with my buddies too. You know, yeah. so we've known each other for a long time. Yeah. I've known you since you know when I was on the other side of the uh, the barricades as well. Yeah. Not to make not to make you feel old, but I, know, uh, I, feel, I like I said, I think I mentioned it on a recent <laughs> episode. I had we we did the Fenway Park show this year, and one of the guys came up to me and said, I, "It was an honor for you to ring announce my match because." I, you know, you were at one of the first indie shows I went to. You were ringing out, and I was just like, I, I'm so grateful. Like, that means a lot, but goddamn, I feel old now. So <laughs> I constantly have those those moments of, like, goddamn, I've been in this business way too long now. I'm so old. So, well, yeah, yeah, I know the feeling. I'm, you know, I'm in a position where in Beyond Wrestling, my tag team partner is a guy who, who saw me wrestle when he was a, when, when he was a kid. So, oh, God. Yeah, I, um, I remember. You know. <laughs> I remember little tiny Anthony Green at wrestling shows. If that tells you anything, but. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah. If you stick around long enough, you start to feel really old. Even though, like you know, like in real life, like I'm not super old, but in wrestling, I feel super old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and those bumps start to add up after a while. Uh, Kingpin, want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the rundown, and uh, hopefully, you continue to rise up the card in Ring of Honor, and uh, we can have you on again for another one of these uh, card breakdowns going forward. Cool, sounds good. Awesome, thanks, King. Appreciate it. No problem. Yeah, thank you. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program. It's time to talk about some uh, TLC. That's right. This Sunday, emanating from wherever the fuck they're emanating from, the annual chance for WWE to pull out uh, their wackiest, craziest matches, tables matches, chairs matches. Guitars on a pole matches, 
uh, Stephanie McMahon on a pole matches. It's TLC. Um, so uh, we've already managed to piss off Adam by changing his picks, which he then changed, which he changed my picks, so then we changed his picks again. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and go right into this. Uh, we've got Sal uh, also coming in on the picks as well. So we're going to start off with the mixed match challenge final, uh, as it was a fight to see who could stay healthy. And the finals are R Truth and Carmella versus Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox, just like they planned it. Uh, of course, the winner, uh, winning team will be the number 30 entrants in the Royal Rumble matches, their respective ones. They yeah. also they also now, get to go on vacation anywhere they want. Oh, that's true. That that is is going to happen as well. Yes. Um, which which of course um makes it makes it why I picked R Truth and Carmella because I'm pretty sure WWE doesn't want to put Ginger Mahal on a plane. Um, now Sal oh. is also. <laughs> oh, but also. hold on. Vince would very much like to have Jinder in a nut hugger on a tropical beach somewhere. That's true. That's true. Uh, Sal has also gone with R-Truth and Carmella. Uh, Adam originally went with Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth, to which then Jason changed it to... The Blue Meanie and Jasmine St. Clair. Yeah, there you go. So you can vote on which one of those you find funnier. Well, no, now uh, put, up, put the one that you had to change mine to. <laughs> Well, I, I change it to Bruce Jenner and Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> see, that see, Jeff got it. We got it. Uh, I got it. <laughs> but mine <laughs> was at least <laughs> wrestling related, and I threw a porn star in there. You don't have to be wrestling related. You have a fucking, you have a joke later on that's not a wrestler. All right. So don't even try to pull that shit on me. Yeah, but that one's anyway. just awesome. <laughs> well, all right. So, uh, Jeff, who do you got in this? Uh, R-Truth and Carmella. I don't think they're going to have Jinder and Alicia win this. By the way, I called this final. That's true, you did. As a joke. As a joke. Uh, It's fitting because this match is a joke. And by the way, this better fucking be the kickoff match, because if they waste time on the main card with this shit, uh, yeah, it's R-Truth and Carmella, and I'm at least looking forward to the vignettes of them on vacation. I think that'd be funny. All right. Moving right along to the Cruiserweight Championship. Buddy Murphy will put his title on line against former champion Seti Alexander. Now, uh, Adam er, originally went with Billy Kidman, because that's a Cruiserweight reference for those of you who who were born after the year 2000. Uh, Jason decided to switch it up and go with Bastion Booger. Um, I have decided to go with Buddy Murphy retaining because fuck Cedric Alexander. Sal has also said Buddy Murphy. Uh, Jason, who are you going with? Buddy Murphy. And but I do think this this is going to be a fantastic match. These two have great chemistry and ring together. Uh, I think this is going to be one of those ones that could be a very quiet highlight of the show. And our resident 205 Live master, Jeff. Uh, this is tough. I'll, I'll pick Big Dick Alexander and be different. All right. But it, it, it wouldn't surprise me if he won. All right. Okay. Uh, then um, <clears throat> we have ugh, a tables match between Natalia and Ruby Riot. <sighs> I don't remember what Adam picked in this one originally. I'm thinking it was probably a woman. Um, but of course, he really picked Owen Hart. 
I, I, I think we need to just own Adam's picks as though they're legitimate. Hmm. Um, I have decided getting to go away with from Ruby. the gag at this point. That's true. <laughs> uh, I have decided to go with Ruby Riot uh, because fuck Natalia. Sal has decided to go with Natalia because he wants to fuck Natalia. Jeff, who are you picking? I want Ruby Riot, but I think Pussy Farts is going to win. Uh, all right. Loan up them Pussy Farts. And Jason? I think given... The story they've told, I think they have to have Natalia win here, unfortunately. Though, they do have the easy out of having the Riot Squad come out and help Ruby, so hopefully that's where they go with it. Yeah. Alright. The SmackDown Tag Team Championships are in, are online as The Bar, Sheamus and Cesaro, defend against the Usos and against the New Day. Uh, Sal has decided to go with the Usos, uh, getting their like 15th championship. Uh, Jason, who are you going with? Well, given that the um, the bar has lost every sort of inclination or iteration of this match that they've done so far when they did the triple threat singles match and they've lost both, I think, uh, straight tag matches, non-title matches to these guys, I think the bar is going to retain the title here. All right. And uh, Hefe? Uh, did you mention uh, I'm Adam's going? Pick? I change um, it up, don't you? I, I change the order up, so it's oh, not. Okay. I, I think I, I I like where you're going with that, Jason. But being that the bar stood tall in the last segment going into the pay per view, I'm gonna go with the Usos. All right. Um, Adam has gone with the smoking guns. Don't <laughs> think that. I think one of them might be dead at this point. Uh, and I have actually gone with the New Day because the New Day are going to be traditional cha- tr- transitional champions in the Miz and. Uh, Shane McMahon win them at at uh, Royal Rumble. Fair. All right. Um, the next match is a uh, guitar on a pole match, which is also a ladder match between Bobby Lashley and Elias. Uh, Adam has gone with the king of ladder matches, Joey Mercury. And uh, <laughs> Sal has gone with Elias. I have gone with Bobby Lashley, my man. Uh, Jeff, who are you going with? Uh, I'm gonna go with Elias here. And Jason. Did Elias eat a pin from Leo Rush? I gotta think he's getting to come up at the end. Alright. Uh, speaking of coming up, uh, a chairs match will be taking place between uh, Dick Ferris himself, Randy Orton, and Rey Mysterio. Um, for some reason, I'm going with Randy Orton, I guess. Um,. Sal's going with uh, Rey Mysterio. Uh, Jason, who you got? Uh, I guess I'll go with Rey Mysterio. All right. Uh, Adam is going with Stephen Hawking. Um, <laughs> he might might have some issues with that one. Uh, and uh, and Jeff, who are you going with? Uh, uh, God, I guess I'll go with uh, Dick Fingers. Dick Fingers, it is. All right, in a completely normal match, I guess. Uh, maybe it's pecs on a pole match. I don't know. Uh, Drew McIntyre is taking on Finn Balor, and um, Adam has decided to go with his erection as the winner because <laughs> I mean, let's let's be honest here. Uh, Jeff, who are you going with? Did you say pecs on a pole match? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. I just wanted to make sure that's what you said. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, McIntyre there. 
All right. Uh, I am also going with uh, McIntyre because, you know, he's got that rocket strapped to him. Sal is also going with McIntyre. Is it going to be a clean sweep, Jason? Uh, it is. I don't think there's any. First off, I don't know if we're 100% Finn Balor even makes this show. Uh, but That's true. They recently had Drew eat the pin with Ziggler. I can't imagine they they put Finn over him either. Even though he is an extraordinary man who does extraordinary things. Yeah, can we talk about the fact that Drew McIntyre is in a feud with Dolph Ziggler and facing Finn Balor? Well, he was in a feud with Finn Balor first. Remember, Balor came out and cost him the match with Ziggler. Well, still, it just seems weird. He's been feuding with Balor for a little bit now, actually, before the Ziggler thing even happened. That's true. Uh, The Raw Women's Championship is online as Ronda Rousey defends against Nia Jax. Uh, Adam has decided to go with, with something that is so feminine, so raw, China's vagina. Because uh, <laughs> it's raw. Uh, uh, me and Sal are going with uh, Ronda Rousey. Everyone else? Yeah, Ronda. Jason? I think not. No, Ronda. Yeah. And she ain't losing that until WrestleMania. Nope. All right. Um, the turret of a feud for the Intercontinental Championship will happen between Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose uh, in a flak check on a pole match? In a, in a chemo bag on a pole match? I don't know. Uh, so Sal has decided to go with Dean Ambrose as your new IC champion, because that's a great thing. Uh, I'm going with Seth retaining. Uh, I forget who I'm... who what color I am right now. Uh, let's say, Jason, who are you going with? Uh, I'm going to go with Dean. I think they want to put Seth on to bigger and better things and start gearing him up for Mania, so I think they get the title off of him here. All right. And uh, Jeff? Yep. I agree. All right. The WWE Championship will be on the line as Daniel Bryan takes on AJ Styles. Oh, sorry, sorry, and sorry, that's the new <clears throat> Daniel Bryan? The new Daniel Bryan. Uh, takes on a nude AJ Styles in a match for the WWE Championship. Uh, well, you know, you can, it's a better chance of him protecting that nutsack of his. Let's uh, talk for a second about how fucking stupid it is that they have the ring announcer call him the new Daniel Bryan on the intros. Like, ugh. Yep, that's really dumb. Yep, that's tough to be for you. Um, Jason, who are you going with? Uh, I'm going to go with the new Daniel Bryan. And Jeff? Yeah, I'm going to go with the new Daniel Bryan as well. All right, so it's going to be a clean sweep because, uh, yeah, me and uh, <laughs> me and Sal are also going with, uh, Daniel, with uh, the new Daniel Bryan. Adam is going with the old Daniel Bryan. And we have a TLC match for nothing. Oh, that's right, for the chance to face Brock Lesnar. At uh, uh, Rumble, Braun Strowman takes on Baron and, Corbin. And the chance and, to be the full-time commissioner. Oh, that's right. If Baron wins, he is the full-time commissioner. If he loses, he's the full-time commissioner. So, um, <laughs> Jeff, who are you going with? Uh, Braun. I think they're going to get Baron Corbin out of that commissioner spot. And Jason. Yeah, we don't. I mean, I guess technically we don't even know if Braun's going to show up. But if he does, I'm assuming he will, or they would have done something by now. So I'm going to guess Braun wins. Yeah, and the fact that they played it up so much. Yeah. All right. Uh, and me and Sal are also going with Braun. Bra. 
fraud. Um, is is this match legitimate now? Uh, Mandy Rose and Naomi, I guess, are facing off. In a, I don't believe this is real. This isn't real, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know that they're feuding, and like Mandy Rose is trying to blow Jey Uso or whatever like that. But that's not. This is not a real match that's happening. Lucky guy. Uh, in in what should be our our main event, a TLC match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. <laughs> Becky Lynch defends against Charlotte Flair and Asuka. Uh, I am going with the man retaining. Uh, Sal's going with Charlotte Flair getting her 17th championship. Uh, Jason, who are you going with? All right, so allow me to... No. Is... Okay, go ahead. This is where I'm going to play a little bit of... Uh put the booker hat on for a second because when oscar was first put into this match the original thought a lot of people as well that she's just there to eat the pin so the other two don't have to but they, neither one has to eat a pin in this match so there's really no reason i mean if lynch gets the belt flair and oscar both lose i mean flair still loses so it's not a scenario where adding oscar in is done to save face for one of the other two so you start to ask yourself why even bother putting oscar in this match so when you think about that, you start to think about time-wise. We're getting set and geared up for the Royal Rumble. And if we are going where we think we're going to WrestleMania with either Lynch or Flair or even both in a triple threat with Ronda, in order to get to Raw, a Raw championship match, they're going to have to win the Rumble. But if they're the champions, they're not going to be in the Rumble. So I'm going to pull. I'm going to go on a limb here, and I'm going to say that, that this is all being orchestrated to set up Mania, and to do that, they're going to put the title on Asuka. And do so in a way where neither Lynch nor Charlotte has to eat a pin to lose the title. Yeah. I was thinking about this earlier after you brought it up when I said Asuka was just going to eat the pin. Um, and I'm a little upset you said it before I do, because now I just sound like I'm just agreeing with you. But um, That's never I, a bad uh, place to be. No, I I know, but I I wanted to be you know the original person saying it, but I think I think it's it's Becky and Charlotte are going to get too involved in beating each other up, and Oscar is going to take advantage and get the belt. All right, and Adam for the TLC match went with Lisa Left Eye Lopez. <laughs> uh, so that uh, that does it because we do not have a takeover event this weekend. Sadly, um, sadly. So, we'll move right along to what's going on in the independent scene. And uh, ICW returns December 20th to the La Pica Lounge as they present Insane Xmas Party starting at 7 p.m. Former IWGP Intercontinental Champion Michael the Big Dick Elgin takes, <laughs> makes his ICW debut and the whole locker room wants him gone. Uh, VIP ringside and VIP second row $20, general mission $15. The ICW alternative title will be online in a Christmas gimmick light tubes fuckery boards match as Oren Veet takes on Marcus Crane in the light tube cabin. Uh, By the way, do you know what fuckery boards are? Nope. Nope. Uh, Fuckery boards are giant sheets of plywood with barbed wire wrapped around them. Uh, the ICW world title will be on the line as Joey Jet Avalon defends against the New Japan Pro Wrestling Superstar Big Mike Elgin. ICW Tag Team title will be on the line as the Foley Brothers take on Bear Kingdom in, I guess, a normal match. There will be a six-man tag in action as the Gentlemen's Club, Aesop Mitchell, Jack Moody, and Tyler Sullivan take on Sierra Diss and Derek St. Holmes. 
A special Mar challenges the Marman Mario Cravello takes on Resort Life Captain Spicoli and the D Del Sombra. Is this supposed to be Adam something Ray's... clever? Clever about special Mar challenge? I don't know. I don't he's, know. He's the Marman, so he's just putting out a special Mar challenge. Okay. Adam Craze takes on GQ Giannis, Jacob Hoffman, and Pitbull Zach McGuire. Si- take on Simon Says and Jack Blackwell with Miss Birthday. Thanks for not putting the and in there. Uh, JDX <laughs> and Kyle Pro will have an open challenge. And a AC Riley will take on Blazin Benjamin. <sighs> Liberty States Wrestling presents Holiday Havoc on Saturday, December 22nd from the John Cena Elementary School in Peabody, Massachusetts. <laughs> Already signed for this big event. He really the is ta- Ron Burgundy. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> the ta- yes, yes, I am. Uh, the tag titles will be on the line. Anything you put, I'm going to read. Uh, the tag titles will be on the line as the mainstay posse defend against Insanely Rude, a match that was scheduled for our last event until MSP, that's mainstay posse, refused to show. Vern Vicala will defend the Liberty States he- uh, Wrestling Heavyweight Championship against the debuting Perry Von Vicious. And the return of the Opportunity Knox ladder match where Nico Silva, Antoine Nicholas, Tomahawk, and Sweatboy Christopher James will all fight to retrieve a contract good for a title shot against any Liberty States champion at any time. Plus, Robo the Punjabi lie. Oh, Robo the Punjabi pussy killer will defend this. No, really, we mean it. No limits championship. <laughs> and Johnny Vegas. Uh, Seth Rubin, Vanity Vixen, and Todd Sobel are also scheduled to appear. Doors open at 6.30, bells at 7. Tickets are $10 at the door for general admission. For updates, visit facebook.com slash Wrestling. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. <laughs> oh, the stars of Bruce City Wrestling return to the Elks Lodge at 2301 Springdale Road on Friday, January 11th with Rise to Honor 15. 15 years of Fandemonium. Bell time is at 7.30 p.m. Doors open at 6.45. Tickets are $20 ringside and $16 advance only at BruceCityWrestling1.com or $18 at the door. In the main event, an Extreme Rules War Games barbed wire fans bring the weapons match. Maidens of Iron and the Axemen take on the Unholy Alliance. Bruce City Wrestling Women's Championship 30-minute Iron Woman match. Evil Sierra, the champion, defends against Blue Phoenix Vanessa Azur. Making her BCW debut, Smiley Kylie Ray takes on Paloma Star. More info coming. Check out BruceCityWrestling1.com for more information. And that does it for the rundown for this. Thursday, December 13th. It has been three days since Drake Maverick pissed on something. You can follow us on Twitter at Rundown Podcasts. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com. That's Rundown Wrestling. Email the show your dick pics via rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 617-863-6967 at 61rundown7. We are now on Patreon. If you are not, you're not missing anything so far because we haven't put anything out in a month. Listen to our friends at Kingpin Brian Malonis and Mike Crockett and the wrestling podcast about nothing with new podcasts every Monday. Go to Facebook.com slash the WPN or the WPAN.com. Of course, big shout out again to Brian Malonis for taking time out of his busy schedule to talk to these two fucks. Check out our friend Justin well, Michaels. For on yourself. Show. He talks to me all the time. I do shows with him. He was talking about me, but I wasn't that's, there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> 
Check out a friend, Justin Michaels, and a show, Yes, Len Waltz, on Tough TV. Go to toughtv.com to stream it live. Stay tuned to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast to hear all of our other shows, the Nitro Mania Podcast, Hurry Up and Cruise Rate, Making Me Gay, and the Wrestle- <laughs> WrestleMania Salvation. <laughs> Follow our hosts on Twitter at jstuart0920, at RockstarJoy, at JokersWild702, at WrestleManiaSal, at the TheErectSalzer, at Currently Getting Head, at Making Me Horny, at Nitromania Fuckcast, and at Hurry Up Cruisers. Thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks to Jeff. And no problem. Thank you, guys. It was a blast as usual. And thanks to Jason. We have a lot of fucking hosts on Twitter. <laughs> we have an expansive roster. <laughs> Three of us on here every fucking week. We get 75 hosts on Twitter. <laughs> We have a lot of different Twitter accounts. It's very, oh, it's very wait hard. Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. We got a fucking gimmick here. Hold on. You, you missed one. Did, did I? Oh, see, the past three weeks I've been taking him out and someone keeps putting him back in because I was letting <laughs> that gimmick die. It's our fucking yeah. gimmick. You can't. All right. All right. Go follow at Johnny Analog. Because there did is an ever... actual Johnny Analog fucking Twitter. And we got to get this guy some followers. Well, now I just need to see if we actually got any new followers. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, there are 14 people following him. I'm pretty sure that that was more. <laughs> Let's see, who's following him? Jimmy Fallon, somehow. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, uh, sounds, sounds like the, run, the rundown fan base. So. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of, like, dumb shit. Conan O'Brien. Megan Westerkamp. Our Twitter isn't even follow. Well, I'm going to I'm going to follow him now. How can I follow him? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm already following him. My bad. Uh, yeah, maybe you should actually put some tweets out there, buddy. Uh, yeah, he hasn't tweeted, so fuck him. Anyways, um, <laughs> next week uh, we talk about TLC. So with that. I guess that means we'll see you next Thursday. Anybody? Bye-bye. Jeff, your turn. Um, uh, you fucking said you had something. I didn't say that. Bye. Bye. Had nothing. As always. The Rundown Wrestling Podcast was snapped by Adam Salzer and subsequently thrown deep into the end zone with the intention of being caught by Josh, but was intercepted by Jason Stewart, who was then tackled by Troy Bozen despite them being on the same team. And that is a story of how Jason lost his virginity. We are a member of the Questionable Endeavor Network, which just like uh, Sports Reference here and Sports Reference, Dick Reference, Sports and Dicks. And tune in next week for an all-new episode of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast.